Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another live edition of Rabbit Hole Radio. And yes, yes, we are definitely live. I am alive. Very live. My first live edition back after having some wicked surgery. I guess you could call me the uh, $6 million man. So, yes, I am live tonight, and I am looking forward to tonight's broadcast. I have an interesting guest lined up tonight. She is running a little late, so she'll be joining us in a little bit. Who could my guest be tonight? Well, lined up for you tonight. I have someone that I have had on in the past on the broadcast before uh, that n- not live for y'all here on KGRA, but on my broadcast in the past. And when I did down the rabbit hole and I've played some of the archives from years before for all of you. And I have, uh, I've been trying to line up getting her on the broadcast again, live to be able to talk to her. So I'm excited that I'll be able to get you 
back, you know, back, or I'm, I'll be able to get her back on the broadcast for all of you to hear tonight. So who can I be talking about? Well, it would be the one and the only Judith Vary Baker. So she will be joining me uh, shortly. And uh, she's just running a little bit late. And depending on what time she does join us tonight, if we have to, we will be, we can push it a little bit later because for those of you tuning into us, um, some of you are tuning in on Facebook. Some of you are tuning in over on the rabbit hole radio uh, Twitter account. Some of you are tuning in over at the KGRA Facebook page. Some of you are tuning in on KGRADB.com itself to the audio portion of the broadcast. To those of you tuning in to just the audio portion, if we go longer, I urge you to go over to like the Facebook page or to really go check out the KGRA Rumble channel. You can check out my Rumble channel, Rabbit Hole Radio, and I urge you to go over and support me. Give me some love over in the Rabbit Hole Radio channel, but give KGRA some love because the KGRA YouTube channel has been getting pounded. It's been getting just beat down and attacked. And unfortunately, the KGRA YouTube channel just keeps getting strike after strike after strike after strike. Lately, apparently, I guess it's been for quote-unquote medical misinformation, which I can only imagine what that would be about. And, and of course, when that first came out, it was about COVID. But now you breathe in the wrong direction, and it's like, oh, well, humans need oxygen to survive. And well, that's medical mis misinformation, I'm sure, you know, because we put out too much carbon. So I'm, I'm sure that's medical misinformation. But go show the network some love and go you know go support kgra by going over to rumble and looking up kgra db over on rumble and giving them some support over there go over to rumble and check out my rumble channel rabbit hole radio show me some support over there that's why for those of you that are tuning in over at the dtrh radio archives youtube channel i just added it to the stream I have to always add that channel, my YouTube channel, late after my intro because my intro dings the, the copyright constantly. It's a big no-no to YouTube constantly. Uh, so I always add my YouTube channel late so I don't get in trouble. So those of you just tuning in over on the YouTube channel, you can always follow me over on Rumble. And there's two channels. Go over to KGRADB on YouTube or Rabbit Hole Radio, and KGRA is the network that hosts me. They are the network that graciously gives me two hours on a Saturday night, so go follow them and show them some love because their YouTube channel got attacked recently, and they had to recently start building up everything from ground zero all the way up again. So it's a huge pain in the butt, and super producer Bill, is uh, he's just working his... You know, weary old ass off in the background doing all this so <laughs> show him some love and go over and give the rumble channel some support but if if we have to go late tonight if i go a little long tonight then you can f stay with the stream on the rumble channels there or on either one of them either mine or kgra's uh or the the facebook streams 
you know, the, the audio stream is limited to two hours if you're tuning in just to the radio portion on the audio stream. But some of the video streams, if I have to go long, we can go longer there and you can always stay tuned in there. So uh, big shout out to KGRA for the space here and big shout out to Bill as always, because he's always there in the background, like the phantom of the radio network running around with his mask on. Muhahahaha. Um, so, uh, oh, and uh, Judith has let me know she's uh, she's chatting with me now. She's getting things lined up. So uh, she should be joining us shortly. And let uh, messaging her back. So this is this is live live streaming, ladies and gentlemen. It's a lot different than it used to be back in uh, just doing live radio, live 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 streaming. Uh, so anyway, uh, let me just let her know really quick that uh, we're live and uh, just hop in. All right. I just let her know we are live and just to hop in and uh, I will bring her up. So just uh, one sec here. Papa, I just want to have a couple of Bill. You. Hey, I just want to say on behalf of everyone here at KGRA Digital Broadcasting, all those that watch and listen to you, thank God you're back with us and you're healthy, um, you're recovering, and you're here with us. I just wanted to tell you that. Well, thank you. I I, uh, I feel like the $6 million man, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to set off metal detectors nationwide, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, when you sent me those photos initially, I was like, <gasps> oh, my God. The, I mean, you went through some. That was a major, major surgery. So yeah, you know, you're my brother, and we love you. For those that enjoy your show, we support you. And we love you, and we're praying for you and Rad Chick, and um, really looking forward to this show with Judith tonight. This is going to be interesting, Popeye. Yes, I am uh, actually, as I chat with you, I am uh, I trying to line it up right now here in the background. I just sent her the, the link again to uh, click on it. So so if this show extends past two hours, because we have other programming to go to on the radio side of KGRA, he will continue the interview on the KGRA Digital Broadcasting Rumble channel. So you could search KGRA, KGRA Digital Broadcasting, KGRA DB. Also on our webpage, you can click the live stream at kgradb.com, and you can watch it there as well. And on, of course, on our Facebook, and of course, um, rabbit. I mean, he's got the rabbit hole. What is that? Which one is that? Um, the rabbit hole radio YouTube. I know he's got a streaming to one of his YouTube channels right now. It's DTRH Radio Archives. There you go. So. Just to let the listeners and those um, that are watching continue to I watch. I do it. get in trouble a lot, though. I just had Federal Jack Tube Six. I got another. Co I got a copyright strike for a video um, that uh, I put up. I, I got a. I got a copyright strike on a video I put up ten years ago helping Am my I mother. Surprised? Am I surprised? 
helping a mother with her kid who had like epilepsy. It was really just ten years ago. Yeah, from ten years ago. It was stupid. Wow. It was when we were doing advocacy for trying to get medical marijuana in the state, which we eventually did. It was stupid. And Twisted Skeptic on your channel says, wow, you still exist. <laughs> what a- yeah, yeah, I know. People on YouTube th- probably think I fell into a hole because I get I get blocked all the time. So I know. Well, hopefully yeah. get you to thumb soon. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm working in the background right now with her, trying to uh, get her uh, logged in here to, to StreamYard on the back end. So, well, there's- I will. Go ahead. There's usually technical. There's a, there's you know computer. There's always computer glitches. So, trust me, I know that very well. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. It, it it used to be it used to be really crazy to be able to even try to get in touch with her back in the day. It used to be very cloak and dagger. Like I'd be on the phone with her. I used to have to buy Skype minutes, and she was in a foreign country, and I used to have to call the phone number, and in the middle of the phone call, it would hang up. And uh, I spent one time, my one year, I spent Thanksgiving interviewing her on the phone, and it kept hanging up, and I would have to call her back. Well, hopefully she'll be coming. And yeah, she I, said, she said, okay, she's yeah, she's getting her stuff together. She's trying to get everything together, so she'll she should be here shortly. So that's good. All right. And I am trying to actually pull up something on the screen while we do that. So, a I want to I want to say it's good to be back. It's good to be like stretching my my feet a little bit. And uh, and for those of you that don't know, um, I uh, you know I had major surgery. I was kind of quiet. I I had talked about it earlier, and then it was I had to wait a couple uh, extra months for it. So I was I I was I was off, and then I came back live, and then I kind of quietly dipped out. (laughs) right around christmas and i was gone for like three months and i'm sure people were like where the hell did popeye go uh i had major neck surgery uh so uh, i actually did put a video up on youtube did uh, you talking about it yeah like about a month about a month afterwards uh, but i don't know you it, you know it really didn't get much circulation due to the the algorithm blocking that channel so uh you know, it is what it is. I, I I talked briefly about it, but yeah, I I had a whole bunch of work done on my necks, and now I'm like the six bazillion dollar man, and I get like I get like ten G, uh, cellular service now. Oh my gosh! So that's I great. Imagine. I mean, with all the metal in my neck, it's awesome, and uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty damn near uh uh like a, a Terminator robot now, or Wolverine. Do we dare put the- cool. I just over uploaded on StreamYard the image of your X-ray. Would do you want me to put it? <laughs> no. Okay. You, you don't have to show it to the public. Because <laughs> it is like wow, it looks like Terminator and all back here. I mean, that's a yes. lot. But they did a lot. I know. Of yeah, I have a ton of you. I have a ton of screws and rods in my neck. It's pretty cool. I know. I, I when I show people, they're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> I, neat. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, any it's word, interesting. Any word, uh, see. Judith? I'm. Uh, um, let me see. So stand by, folks. He's working it out with her. You know, 
technical issues always could arise on the connection. Yes. So he's doing his due diligence to try to establish this so we can get her on the air. Um, and I can see that Popeye's streaming right now on Rumble. Um, yep, I am. I am streaming to my Rumble channel. Anyway, so I'm going to dip out as you prepare for your interview with Judith. And again, I'm just glad you're okay, dude. And best to you and Ratchik. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you, uh, you, you coming and saying hello. This is a lot of the listeners don't ever get a chance to see, you know, I mentioned you on air. A lot of people don't get actually a chance to see you. So this is a, nothing to say. this is what bill's humble studio looks like in the background you see his alien if he moves his mic just the slightest bit you can see his alien there you go (laughs) that's his alien i love that thing that's just some of the stuff i have around the house um (laughs) anyway have a great show i'll be here to help if you need me all right cool later thanks brother all right, so there you go. Cameo from Super Producer Bill as we're working behind the scenes. So Judith will be hopping in here in a few short minutes. She is, I'm chatting with her behind the scenes. And uh, she's going to be hopping in. I told her to just click the link I sent her. So she should be popping in. And uh, she's just getting her coffee and stuff together. And then she'll be hopping in. And we're going to start off. I want to start off with her about... Uh, Lee and uh, she's got new evidence. She actually updated her book. Her original book was me and Lee, which she might still have copies of the original book, but I know she updated the book to uh, a new version of it, which I'm going to have her plug on here when she gets on, because uh, I know there's new evidence and the original book itself was filled with not just her writing about, Lee Oswald and her relationship with Lee Oswald and her time working as a cancer researcher. But it also had evidence. I mean, she talks about like Lee's time working at the Riley coffee company. uh, And she's got the receipts literally for, you know, the time working at the Riley coffee company. Uh, There's, there's all sorts of evidence that, she has in the book there's other there's other things there's pictures of her as a child prodigy there's newspaper articles of her as a child prodigy when she was living down here in florida as and growing up when she was a kid and she was going to high school here so all of this like i I spent many a time before i even reached out to judith i i spent a long time researching this before i ever reached out to her and wanted to even talk to her because I didn't want to just, you know, the story I had heard about it and I went and saw the episode of uh, the men who killed Kennedy series, which I've streamed on my rumble channel before. In fact, the, the entire series is up there and there was an episode called the love affair that she was featured in. And I saw it after I had heard about her and I watched it and, um, one of those banned episodes and I had heard about it and watching it I was 
half skeptical of whether or not it was real or not. You know, I, I believe the government obviously lies to us, but I always go into any investigation about any of this stuff as a half-hearted skeptic. And, uh, you know, I have to, you know, I, I'm not just going to run in and believe everything. I, I want to go in and make sure I check things. So I go in and I start reading and, you know, I watch this stuff and I start doing some research on her. And there were a lot of people back then that didn't believe her and uh, they didn't want to, they, they thought she was a flake or a kook, you know, people, you know, 95% of the talk about her. 99% of the talk about her was that everybody was crap talking her. And um, I reached out to uh, uh, Jim Mars and who I had on my show before multiple times and I was friends with, and I reached out to him behind the scenes and I said, Jim, you, do you know Judith Baker? Because your name has come up that you know that you've researched her and that you know of her. And, you know, do you know of her and what is your opinion of her? And he told me he did and that he had researched her. And according to his research, she was legitimate. Now, when Jim Mars tells you that she's legitimate and he thinks that she's legitimate. Okay. So, right. That gave her some credence that it didn't mean that I thought that, okay, well, if Jim says it, then it must be, but okay, well, Okay, so Jim thinks she's legit. All right, all these other people are telling me, and it didn't mean that I all these other people I thought were right. It was just I saw all these other people talking crap, but hey, well, Jim's the one. A lot of those people I didn't think, I didn't agree with, or I didn't believe in their opinion to begin with, but I did, you know, I appreciated what Jim had to say. I kept researching, kept studying, and I couldn't prove some of the things that she was saying wrong. Like the things that she was saying, I couldn't prove her wrong. Okay, well, yeah, okay, okay. So I reached out to her, and I finally was able to get her her information. And it was really a pain in the butt to get in touch with her. And there was one person that I was a the the I was able to get her information through another source, and it was very cloak and dagger. Long story short, uh, she was in I think Sweden at the time. And I had to call her, like I was telling Bill earlier, I had to call her on, it was Thanksgiving, I think it was. And I spent like six hours on Thanksgiving talking to her. And the interview ended up being like when you edited it down and everything because of interruptions. And then, you know, because we kept getting interrupted and it kept getting hung up on and then I have to reconnect. It was about six, six and a half hours I was on, you know, trying to get this whole interview done with her. And after editing, it was about three and a half hours long. And uh, it was like the first interview I had ever done with her. And it was over Skype and it was just audio. This is, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. And it was a, you know, a pretty, pretty long, yeah, probably like 15 years ago. Uh, and we ended up, it was a super long interview about, you know, everything that, you know, Lee Oswald, her book, everything, weaponized cancer. And she ended up, you know, telling me all of this stuff. And it wasn't live on air. It wasn't, it wasn't live on the radio. At the time, 
I, I, you know, I was doing a two hour show on Sundays, so it wasn't live. I was doing this, you know, uh, off, off air and I was going to air it on my show in pieces. You know, I was going to play it. I was going to have to do it in two shows because it was so long and I was going to put it up on YouTube in full. And we were getting cut off. I'd be talking to her and the mic would be, the line would be clicking I mean, it was obviously, she, and she kept telling me, you know, where I'm going to have problems. Like my, I get, they screw with me. And I, you know, I'm, you, you get told that by people and you're like, okay, you know, you think when, when you're doing this type of research and you're doing this type of, this type of, you know, radio, when you're even, even just doing, I mean, doing radio, whatever, doing live streams now, this type of thing, you hear that a lot and people think it's kooky, but. 10, 15 years ago, doing independent research, someone tells you, oh, I'm being followed or my, you know, people, you know, the, the government hacks my phone line. You, you, a lot of times you're like, okay, sure, sure. The government hacks your phone line. No, I, you know, she said that to me, oh, they'll still screw with me. I've been run off the road or I've had my phone line messed with. And, you know, back then there wasn't, smartphones there wasn't a camera in everyone's phone and no one could live stream instantaneously it was much easier to screw with people just like it's much easier to screw with people now oh here is judith hold on let me add her to the stream judith hello judith i was just talking about how it was very cloak and dagger to get in touch with you back in the day and i used to have to like the first time we interviewed back on Thanksgiving, like 15 years ago. And it was like a six hour interview when we kept getting cut off because they kept hanging oh. the phones up. Oh, it still happens. So watch out. <laughs> uh, can can people a- see me or is this just all radio? Yeah, no, this is, this is people can see you. You're on video. We're, uh, we're live streaming and on radio. So fabulous. So how are well, you, my dear? Wow, so much has been happening uh, because the truth is getting out. You know, Popeye was cut off from Facebook after 13 years in uh, last October for mentioning two things. One was ivermectin, <laughs> and the other was mentioning that Elon Musk got me my Twitter account back uh, when I tried to get back on in November. Uh, they said they couldn't, I, uh, Facebook said they did not recognize me no matter what kind of idea I put in. We even had lawyers uh, go and um, tell them that it was me and everything, but no, I had to start a new Facebook page. And of course, thousands of thousands of people had been waiting to get on. What I learned, Popeye, is that Twitter has high class, they're just not family members, or I should say lots of ordinary people. It's very hard for them to understand the, what's going on with the movers and shakers. And on Twitter, they're all there. And so even though I don't have as many followers, I mean, I just got started. My Twitter account had been closed down because there I had mentioned also Ivermectin. And that would, it had been closed down for two years. Now, Popeye, I, back when all this COVID started, I have been living overseas for the cloak and dagger has been with me because... I've lived overseas between 2007 and tw- and early 2020, only coming to the United States for conferences with uh, bodyguards. 
And I, uh, I have a whole list of them if you ever want to see them uh, to verify what I'm talking about because of threats and everything. But, you know, uh, I'm going on 80. And if people can't, um, I mean, I can die at any time. And so my life is not worth that much as far as um, if somebody kills me, they'd say I died of natural causes. So I, I don't see any reason to be quiet anymore because I can be off at any time. And because of my age, you know, they're going to say, well, she just died, you know. I say that because of, of threats I get, and it isn't worth really talking about. They're fewer. I feel safer than ever. Of course, I have guns and everything, and because I live in Texas, and you're able, you know, to do that. I don't want to hit or hurt anybody, but I'm I'm certainly not. I'm going to defend myself. And um, the hard part is, is people really don't realize that for 13 years. I moved every 90 days when I lived in Europe. I could only stay in the EU for 90 days at a time. Now, I had people stalking me. Um, they were sent by John McAdams and others. And uh, uh, we have uh, Mr. Vigeland, who's still after me, even though he's only in, still in Sweden. And he actually went to my handler. Maybe you'd like to know how Sweden really took care of me because it's kind of an interesting story if anybody'd like to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm I want to ask you, I mean, I know about your doggy and your wife and everything and all you've gone through. It's so good to see you back on online and everything. God bless you. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. And uh I'm glad to I, I took the last couple of months off because I had to get some surgery on myself and uh now i'm uh glad to be back and it i actually this is my first live show since having surgery so i uh wow. i'm honored that you're my first live guest back so thank you for coming on tonight judith well it's a pleasure and i'm glad you uh brought it up when you did i can't believe it. i i can show you my calendar it's just loaded i have some days two interviews, you know, and, but this one is special for me. And I, I made it clear, even though the two gentlemen I'm going to introduce to you, they were going to interview me today, but now they're going to be with us. Okay. On the radio here. And uh, so that's how I managed to slip everybody in. There's so much uh, uh, need to tell people, but I thought I'd start with why did I live overseas so long? I can, I have in my book, it's my new book. I'll show everybody. We have me and Lee. I'm going to talk about that in a second. This is Lee Harvey Oswald and me. This is the updated second edition. The other name for me and Lee is Lee Harvey Oswald and me. This one's hardback. It has, oh my goodness. Um, we have, let me just show you. It's nicely printed. And I'm talking about that this especially because of what happened. We have, for example, we have 16 pages in color, okay, of different evidence files and so on. This book was sabotaged. For two years, I had almost no income right during COVID, uh, lockdown and everything, because I got trapped in the United States. I came for a visit with one suitcase and just... Um, 
for six days. <laughs> and that's when Sweden closed its borders and EU did, and I could not get back. So I lost my home there and everything. I don't feel resentful. God puts me where he wants. And I, I've learned a long time ago that things I own, they're not that important. So with uh, all my savings, I did get all my things shipped back here. My son helped me a lot. But here's how I got over there. First of all, you know, I, I, I guess I'll call you Popeye here, okay? <laughs> so Popeye, you know, I had, um, th this all started when I decided to speak out in 1999. At the end of 1998, my daughter uh, went on her uh, honeymoon and, and I finally looked at the film JFK and I felt so ashamed of myself because I, I really believe with all the stuff out there, how in the heck could Lee not be exonerated? At least they couldn't blame him. Oh, but no, the media is so sold. And Papa, you know, and everybody out here should know, if you have any reporter today in 2023 who says that Lee Oswald killed Kennedy, don't believe him on anything else. Is there a sellout already? They've not done any homework. It doesn't take a half an hour to see all the, the conflicts and the conflicts of interest and the political fallout and the fact that we still have files that are not going to be released until 2038, for heaven's sakes. Why? For national security reasons. I don't know whether I can live that long. They want all the witnesses dead. I am still here, sir. But it didn't, wasn't easy. So back then I began speaking out. One of the things that happened is uh, finally 60 Minutes looked into it for 14 months. Now, there was such opposition at the top that we tried, and I think you know about this, we tried three times they tried to film me. We're talking about Phil Scheffler, we're talking about Don Hewlett, who was the founder of 60 Minutes, and uh, the, the, you have uh, the uh, others that were, were deeply interested and wanted this to go forward, like Mike Wallace, who wanted to present it. This was going to be their crowning deal. They spent more money on this than they had on any other uh, uh, investigation at the time. They took my love letter, for example, and they subjected it to chemical, uh, you know, um, tests and everything to find out when it had been uh, written and what kind of ink is everything you can think of. And you know what, in the end, even though they promised, there was too much opposition at the top and they kept saying there wasn't enough evidence that was not true. But we had opposition that was brought in from like the US News and World Report. And that man, I'm not even gonna pronounce his name, I'm so ashamed of him. But uh, anyway, his whole, the whole thing that he wanted to do was to discredit me. And um, he kept insisting that, that, that the top should say, I did not have enough evidence. I did not have enough witnesses, but huh, the into, the whole upshot of it was they wouldn't go and and uh, interview the witnesses. The witnesses, the my main witness at the time, Anna Lewis, was intimidated. Uh, social services came to take her child away, saying she was an unfit mother. She was a Cajun uh, woman who had had ten children. They're going to take the last one away from her. I mean, it was horrible. And she lost her job and so on. She said, 
you can use my film, but I, I'm not going to be filmed again. Her film is available online. And the sad part of it is, and by the way, I'm going to make sure it gets put online more places because we double dated. Uh, Anna Lewis and her husband, David Lewis, um, they work for Guy Bannister, uh, well, Anna part-time. And finally, uh, David was quite a bit. Of course, he's mentioned a lot in the Chronicles. And he actually stepped up forward when his friend David Ferry, who was also my friend, was found murdered, trying to say the man, David Ferry, who got his name in the paper, said to me, don't you ever get your name in the paper or they'll kill you. One reason why I was quiet so many years. For people who don't know David Ferry, I'll, you've got to see my book, David Ferry, Mafia Pilot, and look at the film JFK to see who he is. Yes. And I'm going to, I want to add a caveat. You and I yes. did an amazing interview about David Ferry when you wrote that book years ago, and YouTube actually sent that video and interview to the memory hall. I got a copyright strike immediately as soon as I put that up and it like they put it right in the memory hall. And every time I've ever tried to upload it, it got like demolished. And I, I actually ended up losing the main um, like copy oh, of that of file but, but guess yeah. guess what i what? recently found judith i found what? the raw unedited file of that interview and i'm going to be re-editing it and re-airing it live i'm not going to upload it i'm going to live stream it to multiple channels at once because the truth is like a virus that they can't stop so i'm oh, actually going to re-air that interview about david ferry and your book david ferry mafia pilot because people need to know about him and his work on weaponized cancer and his connections to Mary Sherman and, you know, what was really. And we have more evidence up. now too, Popeye. We've got more. <laughs> it's peripheral, but uh, it, I mean, even about Dave. So it's just wonderful. God bless you. Yes, we need, because a lot of my interviews have been deep sixed. And yeah, well, so I many, found that the raw file and I'm going to read, I'm going to put it oh, back that's together. Wonderful. And it's gonna get so many documents that I have mentioned. I'm going to mention one. I mean, we're getting off. Please bring me back, reel me back in after Go this. Right. Yeah. But for example, and I thought that, and I also about 60 minutes, I want to finish that too. But um, th this is a, a very good example of, of, uh, of what, what happens to uh, files and everything like that. I had, um, I had uh, of course spoken out about, the uh on the history channel and that the uh, as you know that was banned after it was only shown five times that was with the men who killed kennedy that was episodes eight episodes seven eight and nine were banned almost immediately it's funny because nigel turner sat there with me in holland and we looked viewed it together and he said this contract is for nine years until the 50th anniversary i said you don't know Nigel, what you've done. He said, look, for a decade, we've had the other episodes one through six, and everybody loves them. It's called The Men Who Killed Kennedy. It's not The Lee Who Killed Kennedy, you know. And um, by the way, he also sat with Marina Oswald, whom he knew very well. She saw me talking and all that. 
And at Popeye, all she said was, well, I guess he had an affair. Now, the other part is that for all the screaming and yelling of the enemies, okay, she, that she has no witnesses, of course not true, no evidence, of course not true, or any of that. Remember, the History Channel did remove my witnesses from that episode. And so all they did show was my family and my sister, okay? I mean, nobody to support what I was saying. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I still have that interview, but here's what they did next. I mean, it's shocking if you think about it. History Channel not only banned this, but they put up for about five years on, if you went and looked at what's gonna be playing on the History Channel, they had a, a section called Conspiracy Theories. And there I took some screenshots for years. And this is why I had to flee the United States. I, I actually fled the first time in 2003 because of the men who killed Kennedy. But, but then I, when I tried to come back, I tried to come back in 2005 and six, in, in 2000, uh, and uh, the History Channel had put up, made it impossible for me to stay in the United States because they put up that I claimed to help develop AIDS. Can you imagine? And uh, other things were written like that. I was friends with Osama bin Laden and that, uh, uh, and, and then ridiculous things like uh, mice cannot be given cancer and she's lying or she couldn't have possibly have known Dr. Mary Sherman and John McAdams, who was CIA asset. And I will contest anybody who says he, he wasn't. So McAdams said, you know, that I claimed to have given mice cancer, that's impossible, even though we, we had been doing it. Actually, uh, by that time, almost 75 years, we've been giving cancer to mice, all right? So I gave cancer to mice in high school. So what does it say? That I helped create AIDS. I got so many death threats, I had to live overseas. So even though I tried to stay in the United States in 2005 and six, and, and taught on Indian reservations, which as you know, is not government. I thought, oh, everything's gonna be fine. Nope, the FBI called me in five times to get fingerprinted, five times. And their office only opened Monday through Friday, only till five, so I had to take off from school to uh, get there in time because of the long drive off the Indian reservation to uh, Sholo is where I had to drive to uh, get fingerprinted over and over. And then the, I have a letter saying, we're going to have to put you on paid administrative leave and uh, have, have to ask you to leave because they were afraid. I've got the letter. I was just looking at it yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, on, you know, yeah. it, that's it's interesting how they use that argument that you claim that you worked on you you worked on AIDS. Um, it's funny because if anyone ever read Doctor Mary's Monkey by Ed Haslam, <laughs> which which is like literally goes with your books, uh, like hand in hand. Uh, at the end of the book, and then Ed doesn't say it. He doesn't say yes or no, but. At the very end of the book, he questions, you know, it wasn't just cancer in those vials that they were hitting with a particle accelerator, which which they that's how they ended up mutating it and weaponizing it. 
and turning it into weaponized cancer. They, there was other things in there too. And one of those things was an, yeah, it was an immunosuppressive virus. So it's like, Hmm, did they make HIV too? And here they're, they're attacking you and saying, Oh, she claims to have made AIDS. And it's like, no guys, you did that. And you're, you're actually going to attack her for that. Wow. 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 The balls on these people. I fled back to back to Europe and I studied Hungarian, you know, my family. Um, and by the way, I've been telling people this recently because it's still not in Wikipedia. You will hear all over and over again that Lee Oswald joined the Marines on October 24th, 1956. What they won't tell you and what Lee told me is why he joined. Do you know why he joined? Go ahead. Tell the people why he joined. Here's why he joined. Both of us happened to have listened on shortwave radio. Now, my family was Hungarian on my <coughs> grandmother's side, my mother's side. And my father uh, had lot, had relatives that came from Austria, Hungary, and Germany. So, I mean, there were, you know, all these links, our family <coughs> links. And during the Hungarian Revolution, uh, you could hear them crying and begging. Uh, students were. They had pulled down the statue <coughs> of they had pulled down the statue of of uh, uh, in, in uh, you know uh, I believe it was Stalin. You know, pulled it down and said they want to have their country free. And the uprising was all around oh, them. Right. And here come the tanks. And so they're crying out on October twenty third, the day before Lee Oswald joins the Marines. Lee said, I joined to fight the Russians. You'll never see that on Wikipedia. No. Think about it. You're told that he joined because you're probably told he joined. He wanted to to infiltrate. You know, he's he's made out to be some sort (laughs) of Russian agent that wanted to kill Kennedy and he he was the perfect shot and somehow he made the bullets do U-turns in the air and <laughs> defy physics. It's it's incredible the things that they actually attribute to Lee Judith. And it's uh, you know, I stood at Lee's grave with you 10 yes. years ago. And you know, it was actually very powerful because um all the years I spent researching, you know jfk's assassination and i got a chance to actually stand at lee's grave with you and uh you know i spoke out to lee you know verbally there was a bunch of us there and i said to him i said i will you know i will continue to try to clear your name and because i don't think he did it and i you know 10 years ago that was a radical thing to say even 10 years ago and it's still kind of considered radical to say but it's impossible for Lee Harvey Oswald to have done the shooting, the gun. Let's not even talk about anything else. There's no way I'm a, I'm a science guy. I'm a facts guy and I'm a shooter. Okay. There's, there's no way the gun could have done the shooting or he could have done the shooting with that gun from the position that they say he was in. It's impossible. Carlos Hathcock, one of the most prolific snipers in recorded history, when he was teaching at Quantico, he set up Dealey Plaza in Quantico, where he was teaching Marines how to shoot. He set up the Marine Corps Sniper School. He set up Dealey Plaza. He took a, a Manlerker 
Carcano, the one of the world's worst shoulder weapons ever invented, and he you and he tried to do the shooting again. White Feather, Carlos White Feather Hathcock, he could not do the shooting. If he couldn't do it, there's a, and no offense to Lee Judith, but then we no, no, couldn't no, have no. done it. And you can't you can't you, you can't shoot through a tree with heavy foliage. And they there's a great clip that I always refer to in the movie. I can't play it because it always gets me copyright strikes on YouTube every time I do. But there's a great clip from Oliver Stone's JFK with Kevin Costner where he's showing how there's absolutely no way that he could have done the shooting from that position. It's impossible. Why, if he was going to shoot him, why didn't he shoot him when he was coming up towards him? Right. Why did he wait until they made the turn onto Elm Street? Uh, I've got that a couple makes comments to no make sense. about this because of new information we have. Um, Jim Marsh found out and James Olmstead, uh, a very, uh, it, important researcher who unfortunately is not working on our, the right side, but nevertheless will reveal some things uh, about this, a pipe. Actually, because of the angle, the rifle butt would have hit the pipe and you couldn't make the shot. Couldn't do it. Jim Mars told me so, and Olmsted wrote why. And you know what the 6-4 Museum did? They, they raised the pipe either 14 inches or 18 inches from, because I can't tell because of measurement is uh, cockeyed anyway, because of they've even replaced the window frame, you know, and everything. But <laughs> they raised it so, because otherwise anybody could see you couldn't put the rifle in that position and, and, and shoot. That's, that's uh, to me, is a shocking uh, display of, of changing the evidence right before your eyes. And so you, you're going to go ahead and pay money to go into the sixth floor museum and see what uh, lies are there, for example. It's a joke. It's a joke. If you stand on that X and you look up, you can <laughs> clearly tell that that's not where the shooters were. The shooters were, and it was, it was, a, it was a tr just like it was talked about or, you know, David Ferry had talked like there there had been rumors that there had, you know, David had talked about with Clay Shaw that there had been conversations that were overheard a triangulation of crossfire. Right. Right. And any military, anybody with military training or even military understanding would tell you they wouldn't. You're not going to try to shoot a sitting president with one dude in a window. You're going to you're going to have trained teams, at least three of them. And they're going to, uh, you know, the Dow Tex building. They were. They were over at the triple underpass. They weren't, they weren't the, if anybody, if anybody was in that building, it would have been like an overwatch position. And it certainly wasn't Lee that was doing that. You know, the, well, he's been uh, accused, you know, why didn't he run out there and uh, warn the president, even if they would have shot him or whatever, but the he secret was service in, would have shot him before he got close. Course. And not only that, but the, uh, there was an abort team that he was part of. And he had succeeded earlier in Chicago in saving Kennedy's life, working with such a team. And, uh, you know, thank God. Well, when I spoke out about that Popeye in 1999 and 2000, that Lee told me that he believed he saved Kennedy's life three months, uh, three weeks earlier. Exactly. You know, and he's always precise like that. I say is always like I think of him like he's still alive, you know, in my mind, because I, I see everything in pictures. And I want to tell you about something along that line, too, that happened. Uh, but uh, basically, the bottom line is, is that Lee Oswald was framed. 
And in my new book, I, I even can go into additional detail. But uh, back to the saga <laughs> about um, I had to flee. And so I'm learning Hungarian. I began teaching at a in Miskolk, Hungary. Now, I had already earlier spent a couple of years altogether in Hungary anyway um, and looked up my ancestry. And I actually live in the Hungarian. Um, he's, he was the, um, I guess you would call him the expert, or he was actually in the, uh, not only in charge of genealogy and history, but he was the cultural um uh, what would you call him? He, he's part of the cabinet, you know, of the of Hungarian uh, ministry. So I guess you call him the minister of culture, although that's not quite his term, but it's good enough. You see what I'm talking about. And so I was uh, in his daughter's apartment because uh, he couldn't he could not rent it to. Uh, uh, he, it was in a castle. It was gorgeous. But they had changed the name of the street. Um to get more tourists to go along the side of a cemetery, very long cemetery, one of the biggest in Europe, maybe the biggest. It just goes on and on forever down this long hill. And so they named the street Bat Street and all kinds of Hungarians would not <laughs> rent this, this beautiful apartment. I got it very cheap, you know? So we became friends. We toasted for the new year coming in and everything. And I got to see some of the records. He got to know me. And the reason this is important is I found out some of my um, relatives had been shot during the, um, the Hungarian Revolution. So, And I told Lee about that, as a matter of fact. Uh, but uh, I, I was able to prove it when I was finally living in Hungary. You know, uh, all I had before that were a letter and, and some photographs of uh, a couple of my relatives that were killed, you know, that my grandmother received. So I am in Hungary. And it's 2007. Remember, Popeye, when Dr. Mary's monkey came out? And they're trying to say we, we're corroborating. I had no collaborating. I had no idea, of course, of what he was, um, uh, Ed Haslam was doing, that he was going to put a book out there. He, I had heard of Mary Ferry and the monkey virus. And as you know, um, the cover showed um, David Ferry. And this is his original book, and it showed who he thought at the time. Now, he learned later it wasn't. But when I met Ed Haslam, he showed me his book, and uh, we talked about it, and I showed him all, all my evidence files, and we're talking about lots of hours, okay? And I looked at that cover, and I said, Ed, that's not Mary Sherman. And he said, what? He said, nobody knows that. Well, the point is, is that the police didn't. Mary Sherman's face was so disfigured by the her murder, which is horrific, in which, you know, she was killed the same day that the Warren Commission came to New Orleans to get testimonies. That was July 21st, 1964. Yep. She was front page news. And who is going to go and 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 uh, speak up when they when we've got Mary's mangled body? burned, you know, set on fire. She'd been electrocuted. Her right arm was missing. She had stab wounds all over. You know, anybody who'd want to go and say, hey, me next. So, you and know, wasn't, that's wasn't, wasn't George de Morenshield also killed around the same time period? Uh, uh, 
actually this no that was during the hsca investigation after he finished his book and by the way i was living in holland and when uh, he had gone to see uh, oltman Olt, uh, Olt, his name is oltsman okay oltman's um who was uh living in in holland as a matter of fact and i got to know someone who was the assistant to him to willem oltman's who tried to get um George Mornschild to have the book published there. It turned out though, he when uh, George died, then he, he tried to claim that George is the one that incited Lee to kill Kennedy, just to make money. I mean, it's disgusting. But the point is, is that George read his whole book out loud and got a take by Willem Oltmans. What's important about that? When Oltmans died, my friend who worked for him and assisted him because he was getting old, gave me every one of those tapes. I copied them all and sent them out to the research community. That's why we have a couple of books out there that are audio books with, with uh, George and Warren Schill's voice speaking out, you know, and reading his book. So, I mean, God put me in different places like that. I'm really grateful for that. I have other, other people on tape too. I flew to see Jerry Hemming and people tell me, don't do that, he could kill you. But Lee told me exactly how to prove to him who I was. And that's another story. We don't have time for everything tonight. But here I am anyway. Here I am trying to teach in 2007. Out comes this book, Dr. Mary's Monkey. And uh, with the right pictures of Mary. <laughs> and all that. And, oh, it was done by Trine Day. It was beautiful, beautifully done. The book is selling wonderfully. It's solid as a rock. By the it's way, a, Popeye, it's a great book. Oh, and but so you know, we have extra time. So you have all the time you need. By the way, well, you have. Thank you, you we so can, much. We can go beyond midnight because we're live streaming the video streams. So the audio feed for the radio network will cut at midnight, but the video streams are going to stay on as long as we need to. So oh, Popeye, that's great because I've got so many interviews. I, I I want to find time for you, and I mean I've got two tomorrow. It's well, because we have all the time up. in the world, my dear. So go on and pontificate about everything that you want to. Right. So go, go no, no, I'm not pontificating. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. This so is uh, really, really quick, I wanted to ask you. The reason I brought up to Morin Shield is you told yeah. me an interesting story years ago that there was a recording that the Morin Shield's yes. mother-in-law. And this is never gets talked about because DeMoran Shield supposedly ate a shotgun. I know Gaten Fonzie was going to talk to him. He was an investigator That's right. and he was going to, to go talk to him about this, what he knew about the, the assassination in Lee and um, more so what he knew about Lee. And uh, he supposedly ate a shotgun. And interestingly <laughs> enough, his, uh, you know, everybody always commits suicide. Right. And um, interestingly enough, his mother-in-law had a tape recorder, I think you said. Yeah, well, we recorded. believe now that that tape recording was done on purpose to prove that he killed himself and nobody was involved. And Popeye, you're right. Now, that tape recording, though, was listened very carefully, okay, by Gage and Fonzie, but also by Mark uh, uh, Lane and others, okay? And here, here we come down to this. So here it shows a picture of poor George who, by the way, I mean, Lee is around all these strange people, right, that are anti-Kennedy, right? No, George DeMorenshield was called Uncle George by Jackie Kennedy. She sat on his lap. He was dating her mother, okay? And, I mean, he 
everywhere you look, Lee is close to people that are important, including Bobby Kennedy, which is something I, I needed to bring up before now, but I was afraid. Um, by the way, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is uh, announced uh, yesterday that he is running for president. God be with him. That's all I can say. I, did you know that? I don't know whether you did. Yes, I heard about that today, and I was just like, "Oh, well, he probably won't make it through the primaries anyway. He'll get they'll they'll find they're, they're going to bring up his past because yeah. he has a checkered past because of well, any uh, so many. If I'd been raised in that family, I don't know what I would do either. You know, thank God I wasn't. But he's a very good man. All right, back anyway to the. I'm sorry about noises in the background. Uh, we are, I'm living in a primitive area. But no, no, that's I'm okay. Very <laughs> that's okay. All right. So here I am anyway in Miss Coke. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call telling me I've been fired the same day that Dr. Mary's monkey came out and was being reviewed on the newspapers in Hungary. They, I had a Secret Service agent from the Hungarians contact me. They actually came and met me. And by the way, I had just moved to a new place. Nobody knew where I moved. She did. I had just moved because I my place had been broken into uh, in, where I was. I mean, so somebody broke in. Fortunately, I had my stuff locked up in a certain way. And uh, at any rate, it was awful to come back and find. I had, uh-oh, stop. I, I have to go and get that phone. That's to let these people in. So I have to break right now. Yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. She's going to go let uh, George Webb and uh, one other individual in. So we're going to have, uh, we're going to end up having, uh, here, I'll mute her mic. We're going to end up having a couple extra guests on. So it'll be interesting. The live stream should be fun uh, and it should be interesting. And what I'll do is I will I'll keep her out for right now. Just I'll add her back to the stream in a minute. So Judith, that's Judith live so far. You should go get her book. When she comes back, I will have her uh, tell everybody where she, what the website is currently to go get the book. I'm not really sure uh, what her, if her old website is still up or if it's over at trying day or trying day publishing, or if, uh, she's just selling it right from her own website or not. So when she comes back, I'll have her uh, hawk her wares, so to speak. She is a wealth of information, as you can see. She's obviously, you know, because she was so close to everybody in this, she's a uh, she's very well researched on not only the assassination and who Lee was connected to and who Kennedy was connected to, but she's also... Uh, a wealth of information on, uh, you know, the weaponized cancer and her work with, uh, uh, you know, what was going on with Dr. Alton Oxner. She hasn't even gotten to that part yet, which I'm going to have her get into because you've, you've heard me play the information where we talked about weaponized cancer and where she, she touched on that a little bit, but she's right now I wanted you because you know, I had talked about how she in the beginning when I when Bill and I were getting things set up and I was telling him about and everybody about how she was hopping around and it was cloak and dagger you you can tell it wasn't just a story from me telling it and that was that was literally every 90 days she would have to change her address uh and I had to go through a third party uh 
to actually get in touch with her. And I would email this third party in Sweden and then the third party would get in touch with her. And then the third party would, you know, it would be like this go between. It was this this huge cloak and dagger thing. And Jim Mars had a deal the same way with her. Um, it was, it was just the way it was at the time because she was running in, in fear for her life. So <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm uh, waiting right now for her to get back. So, Talking about Dr. Mary's monkey, while, while she's gone, people should go check out Ed Haslam's book. I think you can still get it at Trine Day Publishing. That book really, really, really gets into basically what everybody's dealing with now with the vaccines. I've, I've touched on this. I've played that interview that I did with Ed Haslam years ago. Uh, Ed's not doing interviews anymore. I wish he was. I would totally have him on the broadcast again. But I know he was getting older. And, you know, this was, I think he he stopped doing interviews like eight or nine years ago. So I don't, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he wants to come out of retirement because of the pandemic. I think probably he'd want to even stay further in retirement. Um, I don't know. I'd have to see if, he, if uh, I could get him to, you know, if he wanted to come out and do an interview again. Um, or if he's still doing them, I have to look into it. Not having Facebook is kind of a huge pain in the ass because you can't, you, I have to do all my research via Twitter. Uh, and although that, although now that Musk took over Twitter, it's a, uh, it's a little bit more useful. Facebook, uh, back in the day for doing a lot of research, at least in the JFK community was, uh, pretty useful because they were big groups. You could see who was doing what you'd get you know, you'd see if somebody retired or if somebody was around or whatnot. So uh, anyway, his book is a wealth of information and it coincides with Judith's book. And like Judith said, they got, she got accused of like working with Ed Haslam, you know, trying to write these two books, you know, and making it look like they were, they were working together, but making it look like they weren't working together and they weren't working together. Cause I asked Ed that and he said that they weren't. And he brought that up, how they were accused of that, and they weren't working together. And they weren't. He, his work, he ended up stumbling upon Judith and, and finding, you know, and, and like her name came up in researching Dr. Mary Sherman multiple times. And so did David Ferry. Interestingly enough, um, and I don't think I have the, the pictures on here. Uh, Judith's coming back. Let me add her back to the stream here. Okay, Whoa. you're back. Ah, yeah, so I was, ran. I uh, still run, you know. Take a take a deep breath. I was telling the listeners about. I was about to tell the listeners about when um when I was in um uh, I was telling about Ed Haslam's book uh at Mary's Monkey, yeah. and I was about to tell them when I was in New or when I was in uh, Dallas for the fiftieth on the way back, we stopped in New Orleans, and Chaplain High McHenry and I went and we, he took me and showed me the the dr mary's monkey tour he showed me where all the, yeah. the real houses were he showed me david you know where david ferry was doing the the uh the the uh the the mouse experiments and everything yeah. and then he showed me mary sherman's apartment and then we went to tulane university or what used to be those where the where those buildings were that they owned and we sweet talk 
because for those of you, I don't know if Chaplin, I haven't talked to him in a while and I don't have Facebook because I got banned years ago. So I don't even know if Chaplin McHenry is still with us or not, but Chaplin Oh, McHenry, yes, he is. Oh, good. High, high is one of the most awesome individuals on the planet. And he used to, he used to be uh, a special forces chaplain. He is one of the slickest individuals I've ever met. He sweet talked the guards. And while he sweet talked the guards, we came up with a plan. We were like, we're a documentary film team. We're filming a, we're filming a documentary about old buildings in new Orleans. And we went up and we convinced the security guard of this. And the guy gave us a guided tour and we walked all around. We found the the room. I have all this raw footage. We found the oh, room that, where the particle accelerator was. But that's important. We need that raw footage. He only has clips and they're not very good. Now, that you can really I, help us. HD footage. I have all that stuff. Oh, God. We, Dear God, thank you. I just, I'd have to tell you, without the interference, or I should say the help of God, these gross injustices would continue. It's time that justice came to Kennedy. It can't come to Kennedy until it comes to Lee Oswald because he did not do it. No justice for JFK until we clear Lee Oswald's name. Now, I am very grateful and I hope that you can give us uh, some footage because I have some people that are trying to uh, put all my things together. I've got enough for a museum now. Okay, they're here. Just I'm coming. I'm going to go get them. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll have to get her that footage. I have, uh, I don't know how, probably a couple, like two hours. We were roaming around that building. I was, Chaplain McGenery was a retired special forces chaplain. And uh, he knew how to sweet talk. And uh, he, he knew how to... Uh, uh, he knew what to, to say. And I was like, okay, you know, him and I chatted by the car and he's like, all right, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And he's like, how about we tell him we're special, you know, we're a, we're a documentary, you know, film crew. And I was like, that's a good idea. Okay. And uh, it, it ended up working out well. Man? Hey, hey uh, Judith. Popeye? Hey. So I'd like them to introduce themselves. I'm going to get Go ahead. here. We're live, so go ahead and say hi, everyone. Well, it's good to meet you. My name is John Wilkins. I'm a citizen journalist uh, from from Atlanta, Georgia, formerly from Toledo, Ohio. Hi, John. I'm Popeye. I host a radio show here, and I'm doing the live stream, obviously. I've been friends with Judith for, like, about 15 years Forever. now. <laughs> yep, I remember the good old days of... Play, uh, you know, we were Judith and I were reminiscing about uh, the cloak and dagger days of Skype. Well, yeah, those days are. Uh, I, 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 I'm blocked from using Skype. Can't even use it. Well, thank God so, the technology has advanced the slight bit. <laughs> yes. Now, can you move over a little so they sure, can see sure, you in this? Sure. And, All right. And uh, let me try and move this All right. camera here a little bit. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm David Fitzgerald. And uh, professional engineer, now retired, and uh, helping out John and his group of Ospreys with some research. The Ospreys are a group that is supporting George Webb right. and his incredibly important research. I have also joined uh, as best I can their team. I hope they'll keep me because we've got a lot to get done, and um, they're 
learning some background that I think can be of assistance, you know? It's, it's hugely important. Judith's story is very, very important to us connecting a lot of dots. Yes, it yes, it is. Judith, I've known I've known Jay a long time. And uh uh her I remember meeting her a long time ago when uh nobody believed her and she was catching a lot of flack and when you put her story out you'd catch a lot of flack for it and uh you know i'm glad that now people are taking what she has to say more serious because i mean obviously now after covid a lot of people are listening people are turning their heads back and looking at her and going holy crap you weren't kidding wow no. wow you were you 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 were you weren't kidding when you were saying that they were doing all this weaponized kind of testing on things like cancer and what else were they testing yeah people AIDS. should take they were developing yeah. aids yeah you know yeah they have yeah. they should take what she has to say way more seriously so yeah her her story is is very impressive so judith um, if you guys want to like, if you guys want to hang out and like listen to, you know, what she, if you guys have, you guys want to like record audio well, they, or film. Or things just got it. in. I know they need to. I've got coffee waiting for them and oh, something yeah, to eat. And then I think they can pop back over here. And uh, we're gonna be and, on for a while. So if you guys, well, you guys can pop in and out or whatever. You know. All right. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Sounds yeah. great. Okay. Well, nice I'll to meet you, gentlemen. Yes, sir. These are great guys. They're helping. In, I mean, they have 400 people. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, they're with 400 people helping to get the truth out. I mean, this is what we need. You know, we're yeah. not, and we're, we're worldwide now. Yeah, we have people in, in Italy yeah. and Slovenia. Yeah, different countries. So uh, it, it's, it's coming around. It, well, here's what happened when the globalists made everything global. <laughs> when they made everything global um yeah well they yeah. they made it everyone's problem which is good that's though, right because now so, everyone's paying attention that's right i uh, i'm going to help them just for a moment to know so they're going to fork signs and spoons i'll be right back go ahead go ahead i'll finish telling everybody what i was telling them. in fact i don't okay. know if i can find the the yeah, footage yeah. i don't think i have it so i have to like pull it up it's on a separate hard drive because i tried to make it uh <clears throat> i try to keep that kind of stuff off the off the air let me see if i can even find i don't even know if i have that footage but we ran around chaplain high McHenry was a special forces um he was a former special forces chaplain and we we decided that we would tell the security guard because tulane university is where they were doing where um it, and it's, it's it, this is all explained in ed haslam's book so you have to go get dr mary's monkey get judah's book me and lee i'm gonna have her hawk her new book when she comes back um so get her old book me and lee and get dr mary's monkey because they coincide okay when you read dr mary's monkey you'll see that ed haslam's father worked at tulane university with mary sherman dr mary of dr mary's monkey and dr mary sherman that's the lady that was found dead. She was working on this virus, okay, this cancer virus. And the work had been, this work had, well, Judith was working on it too. They, they had reached out through Alton Oxner and 
Uh, Lee was her handler. That's how she met Lee. But they needed her brain power to help work on this because they were they were trying to quote unquote cure cancer and it ended up being turned into weaponized cancer. And they were doing this at Tulane University in New Orleans. And that's where she met Lee, because like I said, Lee was her handler. Well, they were using this old university building and we got we got uh, access to it. And uh, anyway, we ha I have this great raw footage from this this but two and a half hour running around trip that we ended up having in there. So I'm going to have to get you this footage, Judith. I'm going to have to find oh, it. Please. And get it to you. Yeah, we, we need it um, because all I we have are some. We don't have very good. Uh, what we have is not that good. Uh, he sent me photos, but the photos are low resolution, you know. We were chasing, we were trying to figure out which room was the room where it was. And we were chasing, like we were finding these old power lines and we were trying to figure out which building it was. And we think we found the room where the, the particle accelerator was because, you know, even, you know, in his book, it wasn't a big room. The way it was described was it was, you know, it was a smaller room. And the, we, we, the, when we found it, I was like, I think this is the room. Like, Oh I yeah. I mean, this is the platinum is room. expensive. And, and with that had thing, those had to be separated with platinum. It's kind of complicated. I'd like to tell you that we have more evidence about the linear particle accelerator, so, the Linux. So, Linux. Talk it really quick. Where's your new book available? Because I've been telling people they should okay, go get it. Yes, please. Don't get it from Amazon. They're they're selling the book, but they're not telling me where the. Where I have to. I'm getting a lawyer to help. It, it may be an accident, but are there any coincidences anymore for what happens? Uh, my first book that I had two years ago printed was sabotaged. All thousand thousands and thousands of books are sitting in a garage and people can buy them for $25 instead of $42. If they don't care if they pick it up, it may fall apart, but it's got everything in it except the, the typos and things were not fixed. I mean, the whole thing was sabotaged. And because of that, they uh, being well threatened with lawsuits and everything, they have said the real book after delay of about two years. So for two years, I had no income coming and I could not. That was what I used to support the conferences, which I've been held for nine years in a row. But of course, with no books to uh, sell to pay for that, I'm starting all over again. And since I lost everything uh, to get the studio going and everything I'm doing now, um, it's it's taking, um, you know, so this will help. Here's how you can get my book and the book I've got for things to tell you about it i'll show it to you again lee harvey oswald and me let's turn it the right direction all right now this book has it has a it's forward is by no other than robert tannenbaum bob he was of course the the primary um he's he's, he's there the uh, lawyer there that the con the uh most important lawyer in in the uh HSCA and he and his and Sprague were kicked out, okay, because they were coming too close to the truth. So then they put somebody else in, you know, in place of them. But he is, we have a lot in common. He has written the forward after knowing me for several years and uh, vetting me on a particular matter, and that has to do with the training center. The training set, uh, the training film, excuse me, was uh, brought over. Uh, 
we there was a special uh, centralized area where it near Lake Pontchartrain where uh, Lee and others, including David Atley Phillips and David Ferry was out there and so on, actually were doing this training film. You'll see a little of it in the film um, of JFK, the original film. You'll see David Ferry standing there directing people on. Well, Lee was there as well. So Tannenbaum had seen the film. A few others had. And uh, when I said I had seen the film as well, the, the sections with Lee in it, because Lee showed me they were splicing it together at the time at David Ferry's. And David Morales was there. And anybody who knows anything about Morales, that is that is so, so scary because he could he could probably he's an assassin and very likely could have killed Lee if things didn't go the right way. It was dangerous things that were going on. He was on. involved in they, Bobby's death, too. That's right. So we've got to really watch out here when we're talking about Morales. And I did not recognize him for years because the HSCA photo of him doesn't show the scar. He has scar, you know, over, over his eyebrows, uh, over one eyebrow, especially, I mean, and uh, that didn't show up in the photo. So I didn't know it was him because I, of course, I only saw him a few times. And I'm terrible at recognizing faces. But then I finally saw one and, you know, that was, uh, a better photo, it was him. Oh, brother. And I realized that because he was out at uh, other places. I saw him as well. Anyway, the bottom line that I'm trying to say is that this training film I had seen. So Tannenbaum got a third person to interview between us and not telling me whether it, when he'd ask questions, and I would tell him and he wouldn't tell me the answers. He told the person in the middle the answers, but not me. So I didn't know whether he was agreeing with me or not, I kept, in the end, he writes the forward for my book. So I was describing to him the same film that he saw. He knew I had seen Lee's film, you see. So that's in the new, uh, so he's in there. The, the afterward is written by one of the United States foremost trial attorneys. He's, a, he's a, for 30 years, every year he was, voted as one of the top 100 trial attorneys in the country. He vetted me for a whole year in Austin, Texas. Uh, finally, he has written about my uh, in my memory and how impressed he was with my memory. Because, of course, people are saying, how could you remember these things? Well, he knows. So he wrote the afterword. And I would like to tell you that Popeye, a couple days ago, I found a way because people are saying, how come she puts the very date of these very events? How can how can she have remembered after all these years? Well, you know, I can. And something great happened just a couple of days ago. Would you like to hear about it? Of course. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure everybody's awake over the, everybody there. It's kind of late, folks, but I appreciate everybody. <laughs> My <laughs> now, listeners I, are night owls, Judith. Okay. I have... Here's this page right here. This is page, I'm going to read it here, 297, 298, 299. What is this about? Thursday, June 27, 1963. Now, I'm going to go back to that in a minute. But Ernst Tinovitz, in his book, it's Oswald, uh, the Russian episode, okay? It's his book that's come out. And it's a sec it's the second printing of this book. But he, he first did it in 2013, and now it's come out, I think, 2020 again, okay? And here he describes letters from Lee. And, you know, he 
people will say, well, Lee was stupid. No, he wasn't. Why would I get be interested? But Lee's best friend in Minsk, okay, was Titovitz. He was his very best friend, and he became an MD, and he became a neurosurgeon, okay, and a neurophysicist. That is not a stupid fellow. And by the way, you can see how interested Lee was in the medical side of things, because that's the kind of friends he made and like made with me, and I was in the medical side. He was always interested in that that uh, that side of things and people would never didn't realize the knowledge that he had because he, he just was he just voracious reader and also in medical matters so uh, he it, he was wonderful as to be a courier and to be a uh, protection for us pretending to be pro castro by doing so he was able to protect us while we're working in these projects because castro was always sending his spies over and if they could find us and kill us you know in our homes or something like that uh, Castro is all the better off. But like Dave Ferry said, come on, this is not the movies. Castro isn't, can't kill everybody, you know. But Lee certainly was there, uh, been sent in, not only to protect us, but like he told me later, uh, I was sent there by the CIA to make sure that um, nobody else got hold of this stuff. They don't want any, you know, they don't want like Castro getting hold of it and so on, you know, infiltrators. There was a ring of labs working on this. I know how to do gain of function. We didn't call it that, but we were doing the same thing. It's that easy. I want to tell you, Pfizer makes dirty stuff. So do these others, Moderna. They're, they're full of junk that shouldn't be there in, in there. They don't care because they don't have, there's no oversight. They, they don't, can't get sued, really. I mean, that's the way it is right now. They, uh, they can put anything in there they want to uh, induce uh, an immune response just to get all those, you know, wipe all this aluminum out, for example, and you're going to wipe out other stuff as well. Well, it isn't that easy, and it's causing a lot of damage. <coughs> I want to say right now to save lives and to stop little boys from getting autism, no matter what they tell you, MMR, you know what that is, measles, mumps, and rubella. They put them all together in one shot. And we now believe by the end of the century that every other boy will have autism. And they're saying, where is this coming from? I want to ask you, Popeye, when has ever a child had mumps, German measles, rubella in other words, and, and uh, 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 so you have mumps, measles, and rubella all at the same time has any child ever had to fight three diseases off at once in their bodies come on how rare would that be well that's what they're doing by putting them all together like that it's not right the body's trying to fight all three and we're having episodes of where kids stop talking little little baby you know children they're they were walking they stopped walking uh and i've seen time after time is being ignored and they pretend these vaccines should never, you have to re have them, if they're going to give them, uh, uh, implement it like that, they need to be as separate shots, not as multiple shots. But, you know, it makes a lot more money for these companies if they can throw it all together because they're already dirty. Throwing it all together and injecting it into your child's body. In Sweden, where I lived for so long, 90 days at a time, in Sweden, they're getting like 13 to 18 shots in America. It's 50 to 56 shots. We have come out with details uh, from Blue Cross Blue Shield and others. And this is uh, from a couple of years back, but they have 
they have stopped us from accessing, but the, ch the child's uh, health um, uh, organization uh, with, uh, that uh, RFK Jr. is running. There, they have they uh, posted this. It's the incentivizing. Uh, this is how they do it. Can you imagine? They have 24 vaccines. This is that uh, they want Pfizer and so on want your child, your baby to get before they're two years old, 24. If they get 10 and the doctors must get 63% of the babies two years old or younger, it feels like Herod killing the babies. I'll tell you because they've got to get 63% or they get nothing. What do they get? If they get 63%, they get $400 per child. $400. So if they have an average um, clinician, uh, a doctor who's in a clinic now, usually has about 200. That's $80,000 if they get 63% getting at least 10 of the shots. They get zero if they only have 62%. Now, what if your child and you, you're at, you have uh, one, you just need one more. But if this child gets the shot, you know that they're, they've already had rashes from other shots. What kind of doctor would say, I'm going to turn down my $80,000 here because I don't want this child to get a rash. Therefore, I get nothing. Think about how what they're doing, the bribery that's going on. We need to break up big pharma big time. They have gobbled up all these little uh various small laboratories that were doing independent work, which could have been, we could have had oversight. And they bury it all and they wanted us, as you know, not to see any of the side effects from their shots on children and adults for 75 years, just like for the Kennedy assassination, same old playbook. Can't see anything for 75 years. Fortunately, people have been hurt and we have good internet now and you know what? they're still online telling people that they need to get these shots. And over in Canada, they're saying, if you don't get the shots, you know, you could lose your job. Uh, your children have to have the shots to go to school. On and on it goes. And uh, Trudeau, needs, Trudeau needs to be given all these shots that children are given. I'll tell you all of them. See how he likes it. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. the leaders aren't taking these shots, honestly. I think they're taking um, saline shots. Or also, like, yeah, or vitamin C shots or something. Right. Well, whatever it is they're taking, uh, nobody's looking at what they're really taking. And they're not, uh, the giveaway is that for the World Economic Forum, everybody flying in specified they wanted pilots who had not gotten any vaccines. That's what they wanted for pilots because people are dropping dead. Now, back when I moved, I had to, I said, I got trapped here with one suitcase. <laughs> I lost my home and everything. But I want to go back to Hungary and what happened in Miskolc. Uh, again, I was teaching there and then they said I was fired. And then the Secret Service came to me and said, they said this, they actually, the school got a call that they would burn down the school if I wasn't fired. And they, they were able to trace the call. And while they wouldn't tell me specifics, there was some kind of thing. Um, but I thank God for the Minister of Culture because he uh, he realized that my, my family had lost family members in the 
in the um, Hungarian Revolution. And he had, uh, you know, feelings for me that way. And anyway, they told me I had to leave the country. They had traced the call to a group that wanted to kill me. Now, imagine how I felt, but it was even worse. So I, uh, the people who had hired me, they felt really bad. They gave me severance pay. So I had a, a lump sum there because they, they, it wasn't my fault. You know, it just happened. So they gave me uh, a bunch of money, thank God. And I packed all my things and put them in a uh, storage to get by truck, you know, later somewhere else or fly or wherever I would go. And I decided to go back to the United States. I mean, after all, I tried to do that once before. Maybe I could go back to Indian res another Indian reservation. I did teach on two of them. And it's hard for the government to hurt you. But again, getting fingerprinted five times at the first one. The second one, I uh, a, a, an Indian on drugs hurt me. And uh, uh, I didn't really get beat up, but it, it, it was the equivalent because of how she hit me. That I ended up in the hospital and everything. But so it was a dangerous job. Nobody else would take teach them uh, this group uh, English because they were being taught to hate white people, and it's it's not fair. These are good kids, and they're the Apache and the uh, Navajo are fine. Wonder I just love them, and and I got to know them well. And the kids even circulated a petition trying to keep me, you know, there. But um, <coughs> I. I just want to say I miss them and I wish I could be with them. So I was saying, I'll go back and teach there, see? So what happens? I go and uh, get my ticket printed out. So I'm going to go through JFK, you know, then I'm going to fly somewhere else. And um, I, I looked like everything was going to be fine. But then as I'm going to pick up my uh, ticket, something really weird happened. See, they, they ran out of ink and I couldn't pick up my ticket. I had to go to an internet cafe because they didn't have an internet set up, you know. And they said, well, just come back. So I went back to my building, to the hotel where I had been placed. My door had been kicked in. They said it was a great big guy. And he took all the stuff I had except one empty suitcase and my dog's bowl. And they're there fixing the door. I said, please don't leave. I said, if you everybody here is leaving because of what happened to your door. We're fixing it. You don't have to worry. This man won't be back. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> all I had was this empty suitcase now and a pillow and dog. Well, okay. I had my service dog. And I was terrified. Everybody was leaving the hotel because of kicking in my door. And I have photographs of that. All right. So uh, of them fixing the door and, and uh, uh, the uh, broken you can see it all, uh, you know, the Hungarians fixing it. Uh, well, now I'm scared, but I'm going to go and pick up my ticket. As I'm on my way, and I have a service dog, it's easy to see me. After all, I was at the hotel and I got broken into, so the police are going to be, they were there. And then when I go out, I get on a, a tram to go and pick up my ticket. And it's it was to uh, JFK through New York, and then I'm going to go from there and take another plane to reach my family. And they're uh, wait with trying to get a job in the United States. So what happens? This Secret Service agent gets on the tram and she says to me, you have to understand that when you arrive in, in Newark, you may never see your family again. We don't think that they're going to let you leave Newark. They're going to put you on some plane and banish you. 
I said, please don't terrify me like that. I'm going to JFK. So please, you know, whatever reason you have to tell me that, it, it just makes it hard to believe anything that's going on. And I'm I'm, I'm terrified anyway, because Dr. Mary's monkey has come out and everybody's looking for me. They want to interview me and so on. So I get, pick up my ticket and said, apologies. And I, I was being rerouted through Newark. I can't tell you how it felt. So what am I going to do? I have an empty suitcase. I filled it with junk and litter. And I did, <coughs> excuse me, I did. It's kind of gets to me, okay? I was terrified. So I got um, and I checked in to this plane that was going to take me to Newark with a suitcase with my service dog and me, but we did not get on that plane. I had enough money to buy a ticket to Thailand and a ticket to Sweden. And they're all taking off within a few minutes of each other. So I checked. I also checked in at Thailand. I checked in as, uh, to Sweden and I took the plane to Sweden and I land there and it is September 11. And because of that, they were, they, they told me they were going to immediately deport me to the United States. And I said, please don't. I showed them some of the information like, um, and they found more. I, I showed them that, that uh, I was sent there from Hungary and I was told to go there and told them the authorities they could contact. They said, well, we'll let you stay overnight. You know, in the morning you're gone. Three days went by. By the way, I was moved into a room, a holding room there, and but there were four Muslim women there. They're refugees, you know. They're seeking asylum, like I was, political asylum. And and they're saying to me, "You have a service dog, lady. You're six, you know. You're sixty-four years old. What in heck could you feel like your life is in danger?" I said, "Please look me up." Well. As I say, three days went by and they came and he said, We're, we, we understand that you have some problems and that we shouldn't deport you to the United States. We, we found where somebody said that you're friends with Osama bin Laden and, and that uh, somebody says that you helped create AIDS. Okay, the History Channel, you know, and all that. And he said, uh, so we're going to send you back to Hungary because that's EU law. Wherever you first come into the country, that's where you need to stay. You know, you get not with us. I said, "Oh no, I I don't want." They want they wanted to kill me there. They said, oh, "Come on, you know, lady, you you're half blind, and uh, you know you've got all this stuff against you." But that had Kennedy assassination happened a long time ago. Days go by. So what happens? They come back and they say, "Hungry won't take you back." So that's evidence. They could not, I have the papers and everything for that. They could not send me back to Hungary because my life was in danger, said the Hungarians. So, but they said, we've got a problem. You're not on the list of anybody who can seek uh, political asylum. We can give you temporary political asylum. So I wrote everybody and said, I've been given asylum. You know, people who are worried about what happened to me. And my enemies right away said, what a liar. She never got political asylum. She was just an asylum seeker because, you know, legally that, but you see, they could call it what they want, but Sweden let me stay there for 10 and a half months. Now that I call asylum because without them, I don't know what would have happened to me. They paid the rent. They And we also had something happen. My service dog, uh, they had never had anybody with the service dog seek political asylum before. And so they had to make a new rule. If anybody had an assistance dog or a service dog, 
of any kind or seeing eye dog, they would get the same amount of money as a child or baby would because they give you a certain amount of money on a credit card. I've got the credit card too. And uh, they said, how long do you need? And I said, I have to, well, I said, I'm turning 65 in May and at least till then. Well, May came and they were gonna uh, tell me to deport me. Now they said, all you have to do is go to Turkey or somewhere for 90 days and you can come back. And, uh, you know, stay 90 days and then figure out where you wanna go and you're welcome and so on. Oh, great, wonderful. Okay, one little problem here is that um, the problem was, is that my social security turned out, it, you don't get it when you turn, you have to wait. I had to wait until July before they would give me my first social security payment. And I had no money until then. So they actually extended it until middle of July. And then uh, by then it, uh, it was time to leave. Of course, I had, they gave me a lawyer and it's funny because they said, we've given you the, um, I'll say, I don't want to say laziest, but the lawyer has so much, so many cases that, and we've made your file very, very thick and he'll keep putting it on the bottom. <laughs> Now, it, it wasn't all roses, though, because the first place I went where they sent me to stay, <clears throat> I was walking with some Somalis who were, and we all had become friends. I was only there a few days when this black van came through and they said, oh, oh, they're photographing us. And we were try trying to run, but it was raining and um, we were a little distance from where we could. And it turned out they were taking pictures of me and they saw it because they. When they backed up, they still kept following me and the dog, my dog. And I had an umbrella and I opened it so that they couldn't see my face and stuff like that, but it was kind of late. Well, that night, my door was marked with a big red X and my, uh, we each had, uh, we had mailboxes and my mailbox and I've got photographs of that. And the Somalis, God bless them. I've got a picture of the Somalis petting my dog, by the way. Uh, they, their parents told them, don't touch the dog because it's unclean. When I told you about the four people that were in my the holding room where I was staying before I got moved to this city, um, they all left, the four women there, because my black dog was unclean because they were Muslims. I had that whole room to myself. So anyway, the bottom line is, is that now I've got these people taking pictures of me and following me, and I had witnesses so they moved me to another town and God bless them. They let me take a fake name, which I used. And I've got all the documents showing that everybody wrote to me using that fake name and so on. And I, got, I was on the internet through my friend, Alan Matsan and, and uh, uh, others that I appreciate so much because they helped yep. me for years. I remember we had to, it, it was like, yeah, we, it was cloak and dagger. We had to email yeah. you through your friend and then, he would get in touch with you and then it would, you know, anything that, you know, we had to say, you know, he would let you know, and then you would reply back. And it was a huge pain in the butt because I remember you going through all of that. And then you then have to extend it because of social security. I remember all of that struggle. Cause you'd be emailing me back and forth. So and I, I got attacked big time, you know, yep. that this woman, uh, Glenn Vicklin, who was sent by Luke Adams and all these people, by the way, they have, the, this group has written eight books. They put out all at once against me just recently because this book came out. So I'm asking people, please 
go to this and I have something exciting. Then I'm going to bring what, my What's the website back. where they can buy it, Judith? All right. It's like this. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you before. And I hope that maybe we can put it up somewhere. But all yes, you do is you go to PayPal and you send to JFK conference at yahoo.com. JFK conference at yahoo.com. There's a website also where you can buy not only my book, but you can buy what I consider the best 50 best books about the Kennedy assassination. They'll tell you the truth instead of all those lies out there. So people and that that you can go to jfkdallasconference.com and you'll see the 50 best books. Of course, I've got my books in there, too. So, you know, if you don't like my books, you can there's still 50, uh, 47 others that you can look at, you know. So. Um, the, the one thing I wanted to share with you, though, is on, as I said, is on June 27. And then I'm going to ask my friends to uh, pop in here. June 27, 1963. And it's so important because Ernst Titovitz was, as I said, Lee's best friend in um, the USSR in Belarus there in Minsk. He became an MD and he became a neurophysicist, so much for Lee wanting to be around stupid people. I mean, Pilo said, how could you be interested in him? Because he was smart. And because he had dyslexia, he didn't do as well on IQ tests as he would now because they would have compensated these days for it. Certainly his IQ was compatible with mine in many ways. But because of dyslexia, it really, I mean, the man had read everything. He'd, every book you can imagine. And his Russian was impeccable. George and Morinschild, uh, we talked about uh, briefly, George and Morinschild was found, you know, the shotgun, a vain man who never would have disfigured his face like that if he was going to kill himself. Also, you can hardly reach it. But the point is, you can see from the photos, when you are struck in the mouth like he was, it's going to hit the spinal column. The legs are, are going to fly up in the air. Okay? I mean, straight up in the air, and you're going to jerk way back. But somehow, George Morinschild has the gun, the shotgun, lying across both his feet. That was planted after the fact, you see. There's more. You, we have on that tape recording that is supposed to show that nobody was coming. Well, you can hear the footsteps. It's footsteps. Oh, here it comes, you know, and he sits down, right? No. The footsteps you're hearing, along with an alarm that's going beep, beep. Beep, an intruder alarm is short. You can hear it in the background. And George and Morinschild was not wearing shoes. He had socks on it. So you can hear somebody approaching and then blast. And they're saying it. He walked in there, sat down and killed himself. Right. Just like everything else, a pile of lies. And David Ferry, too, in my book, David Ferry, Mafia Pilot, go to the appendix. I do that because you have to be intelligent to see what really happened. To David Ferry, if you just want to have just the story and everything, but if you uh, want to really delve into it, you're fine, going to find out in the appendix how they forged the letters and how, you know, Dave called the DA's office after his name and face and everything got in the papers. He's told me what in his last phone call to me, don't you get your name in the paper no matter what you do. And so I did not go to my own sister's wedding. I did not go to my grandparents' funerals. I can't tell you how to do that to your own family. Of course, and when I spoke out finally, that same family, 
I having neglected them and stayed away from them so much so they wouldn't get hurt. They, they, then they, uh, some of them responded. It took years. There, some of them are coming around now, but it took years for them to understand because all they could think of is how dare you endanger our family for something that happened so long ago. And all I can say is I love this man and I cared so much for him and he loved me and I'm not going to, I cannot let this go. And just, I can't. And I, I, you know, I waited too long as it was, but I've got my witnesses. I've got more stuff than ever before. So now we're going to go back to what I say is so important here on page with Titovitz. Page 297 in my book says June 27, 1963, because this just came out of uh, I have two things to tell that came out uh, uh, just recently. And this is the number one. And that is that Titovitz wrote that Lee had written him 16 times. The last time was on June 27, 1963, the same as this date in my book. And in that letter, which he didn't get until October because the CIA was reading it, the FBI was reading it, and the KGB was reading it, okay? So, I mean, it was delayed four months. But the bottom line is, is that in that June 27, 1963, the last letter of 16 that Lee wrote to his friend, he said, I'm coming back to Russia with Marina. Why is this important? Because I said, in my book on June 27, 1963, the same day that Lee told me he has to go back to Russia with Marina. Okay. So people who say my memory's not very good, how are they going to explain that? I knew the date and he wrote Your that. Your memory's like a steel trap, Judith. I swear to God. If there's anyone in the JFK research community that I've ever been impressed with, by her, by their memory <laughs> and their recollection of facts, it is you. Because I have, over the years, I have talked to you about things, and then, uh, like I was telling the audience, I not only and not only before did I, I I checked with Jim Mars before, and I told you this, I checked with Jim Mars before I reached out to you, but then yeah. after I talked to you the first time, I I talked to Jim Mars, and I was like, Jim, blah 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 blah. And like, I was like, man, she hit everything on the head. Like I would, I went back and I researched things. I talked to you about off air before I ever aired our interview. And I was like, my God, like you, you really do remember things. And like, you have the receipts. You do bring yes. the receipts. I mean, you literally, you literally bring the well, receipts. We thought we were saving, uh, we thought we were saving the world for World War Three. And that's why well, I, you you yeah. might have. I mean, you know, look that that era. We we are dangerously close to that again. And right now, we don't have, uh, you know, a John Kennedy in office. And um, you know, times are much different. You know, y'all were y'all were maybe you did save us from from World War Three back then, Judith. Because, uh, you know, who knows if you know, like Lee had told you. There'll be one if I stay, there'll be one less one shooter. Less. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and maybe maybe, you know, he did throw himself on that grenade, so to speak, in order to 
stop somebody else from taking his position. And then maybe there would have been one more shooter aimed at Kennedy that day that would have gladly taken that position because they would have been paid to do so or told to do so. So, uh, you know, at least he was trying to stop it. And all evidence, the further you look into this, all evidence, you know, points to that. Ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't make that, I wouldn't make this claim and say Lee Harvey Oswald did not kill Kennedy without, without proof. I mean, he, he really did not kill Kennedy. I mean, there's, there's just multiple reasons why he couldn't have done it. Didn't do it. The, the deeper you look into it, the further you look into it, the more you look into it, you'll understand why I stood at his grave 10 years ago and said to him, I will continue to do whatever I can as long as I can to, to speak the truth. You know, I made an oath to him. He was a Marine and, you know, I was in the Coast Guard uh, as a veteran. I want to I, I want to do what I can to try to clear his name. He didn't he didn't kill the president. I mean, obviously, one guy is not going to supersede the Secret Service that day and make them stand down and do and then cover it up. How did how and did he get the them to cover it up? Right. How uh, did he get them illegal. to cover yeah. it up after the fact? It was How is he orchestrating the cover up from his jail cell? I mean, and how about J. Edgar Hoover on the 22nd, right. the same day Kennedy shot, puts out a notice to the SAC, the, the, the agent in command there in Dallas, that they didn't need to look for anybody else. He knows already at 1.40, they arrest Lee Oswald in the theater. Kennedy was killed at 1.30, I mean, shot. And at 1.40, they say, we've got our man. He's the only one that did it. Oh, but he is a you know a Russian sympathizer. Do you know that when Lee was in the Soviet Union, he refused to become a communist. He he refused to get uh, any kind of uh, like residency. He turned it down. Now you know what that was very clever because who's going to think he's a, if he's doing that? How can he be a spy when he's openly <laughs> refusing citizenship? He never did renounce his citizenship to the United States. Now I'm going to give you a little tidbit because it's not. I have the, uh, I have the records, but they're no longer available. And that is Lee Oswald, when he filled out uh, a form. The it's Bobby Kennedy, uh, Department of Justice is the one that forced the the State Department to give Lee Oswald money to come back. Long story, but uh, we'll have another time. I hope to talk about it. But the bottom line is, so he's filling it out. Lee's filling this all out. No, he puts his name and basically information about himself inside uh, there. One, two, three, four. I'm looking, I say I have my memory. I have a visual memory. One, two, three, four, five. I believe it's on page five in this document where it says you must uh, tell us exactly what you did. When you were, you know, like where, where you were, which is the Soviet Union, he leaves it completely blank and still gets the money. In fine print, it says this money can only uh, be loaned out to a citizen in good standing. There's so much more. I have more witnesses, more evidence, and it's in this book. So I remember it's $42. If you want autographs, it's 50, uh, 52 because I have to pay extra postage to get it to me and then get it sent to you, you know. But the bottom line is, is the truth is here and people who read it, then they know this is the key because this is the playbook 
we know from how this was handled, how they developed bioweapons so that nobody working on them really knows what's going on. Only the people at the top really understand. And we have people who are running big pharma who never even were biochemists or anything. They're just have like a we have uh, somebody in India, for example, running a great big uh, uh, vaccine program there and developing him. And he's a businessman. He's never had a course in biology in his life, but he's making a lot of money. And how did Fauci do it? Fauci is as dirty as they come. Go ahead and put me in prison. I don't care. We're talking about someone who actually paid for gain of function work over they, in Wuhan. They, they can't put you in prison for speaking truth. What I'm going to do, Judith, we're, we're going to go an extra couple of minutes because because uh, I have a couple of questions in an hour. Yes, because I, I want my my friends here to talk to you next. Yeah, That's I'm gonna I'm gonna do. sign off on the radio side, but we're gonna stay video. I just got to say bye on the radio side in about twenty seconds. So God bless and everybody. Then, and, and then we're going to say, and then we're going to stay on the video side. So everybody listening uh, to just the radio stream, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Love KGRA. Uh, the KGRA video streams are going to stay up. The Rumble streams are going to stay up. The YouTube streams are going to stay up. And the Facebook video streams are all going to stay up. So stay tuned. Just keep, you know, just leave the video streams going. Uh, for those of you just tuning into the audio, though, uh, we will be checking out in about 15 seconds. So thanks for tuning in. And as I always say, you are the true superhero, so go be the change. I love you all, and we'll see you all again live next week, Saturday. All right, Wonder so we so are I have still two here. gentlemen to introduce to you. I hope they're still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I've got a chair, and they'll bring another chair here. But they have things to tell you, too, because all of us have to work together on this. No one person can do any of this, and it's working. We know we're making an impact. And God bless these guys. So they are here, and I'm going to cede over to them and let them do their thing. All right, Judith, thank you for the introduction. Let's get a chair for you, huh? Okay. All right. We've got to make sure you're both in the video, okay? All right, all right, all right. Okay. So here, this is the chair that's really. All right. This is the one that's easy to move. Okay. I'll get out of your way. Hop on in there, guys. Do your viewers know the name George Webb? Yes. They are familiar okay. with George Webb. All right. So our story, uh, me and, and, and Dave Fitz, we both uh, started following George around 2017. Yeah. And uh, we found out that we weren't the only ones. In fact, George had a, a, a YouTube channel at the time, and he, he had uh, roughly 50, 60 viewers in each, um, you know, live viewers in the in the YouTube live chat, and we started communicating with each other through the chat. And so at one point, uh, George decided to start holding what he calls a charrette, where 15 people get together in one place at one time. They bring their their folders and you know their their file cabinet, and they begin. Exchanging notes, they put yellow stickers on a board, and they start uh, drawing lines and saying, uh, "Wait a minute, this guy in June of '65, uh, he was here, and so were these other three people, and this group of people was in Vienna in '67, and so are these five guys." And these work parties uh, began to. We found out that we could do a lot more of building the puzzle that Judith 
and a very few others have been trying to to put together with this strategy. And so uh, both Dave and I uh, met this group of, of followers of George through these charrettes. Yeah, interesting. And what have, what have you guys, uh, you know, you, have you guys unearthed anything new or have you guys just been, you know, taking with all the information from everybody and kind of building the, the much larger puzzle? Yeah, that's pretty much the case. But the kernel of truth and uh, the focus of most of the research uh, comes out of George's uh, special ability to use uh, metadata to track people down and to confirm the official story or confirm that the official story is totally wrong. And uh, I think that's one of the greatest contributions that George has, has done. Uh, this new internet generation for the last 30 years or so has had access to more information than uh, the average citizen would have prior to that. And so prior to that internet revolution, the information given to the citizenry was controlled by the major media, which in turn was managed by the government. Well, it turns out the internet has broken that power structure and it is possible for citizens to obtain uh, verifiable information uh, on the internet, but George has a special way of capitalizing on using metadata, which is uh, information contained in each uh, internet link that's used to transfer data from one router to another. And it's very hard to uh, counterfeit or falsify that information. And he's able to show and locate where people are at certain points of time and how that intersects with certain events that are occurring. And more often than not, it contradicts the official government uh, story or the official legacy media story on a particular issue. And it, it both, both affects uh, our known history, such as Judith's uh, discussion of the history of, of the JFK assassination and people associated with that. Uh, but more important in my mind, is that it affects current problems. Uh, while it's important to understand the real history, uh, and I assume it's also important to uh, understand the government's reason for, uh, I wouldn't say maybe not falsifying the history, but uh, managing the history for the citizenry. Uh, but I think in order to solve current problems, we need to analyze current information and not necessarily accept on face value the information given to us by the, the legacy media, which is being managed by either the government or the industry donors uh, to the legacy media. For example, very easy thing. Turn on your TV, the nightly news at seven o'clock or 6.30, NBC News, and you'll see that one third of that half hour is commercials. And half of those commercials are drug commercials. And so you find out that the pharmaceutical industry more or less owns the news media, which determines uh, how the citizenry thinks about certain issues. So of course, they're not going, to, the, the news people or 60 Minutes are never ever going to investigate an issue associated with drugs, illegal drugs. They may discuss illegal drugs, but if they talk about legal drugs, it's always 
with a positive twist. Go take some more drugs. What do you mean? You don't have a pill in your hand right now. Go ahead and get some pills. So uh, it is possible to short circuit the news message. It's not, it's no longer essential to have to listen to only the legacy media and George's contribution. I, I still don't know how he does it. Someday I'll find out. And uh, I suspect he has help from other agencies, not necessarily American agencies. I'm not, I don't know for sure, but uh, I can only say he's made a great contribution to uh, helping citizens understand what's really happening today. And the next step, if it ever happens, is to use some of that information to solve the current problems. We have homelessness, we have opiate addiction, we have all sorts of issues that can be solved and managed if we use the correct information and uh, disarm the moneyed interests that are preventing us from using that information. And uh, I don't know what it's going to take to take that, that next step, but the first step is to get the truth. And uh, I don't know, perhaps there's a legal way to uh, prevent the moneyed interests from interfering, but so far we haven't found that method. Well, like what, what woke you both up? What, like, or what's, what led you on your path to waking up? For me, it was the, uh, the drugs, the, the, uh, the drugs on the street. Uh, I lived for 30 years in, in Italy and we were having a, a big problem with young people dying of, of opioid addiction or well, not just dying, but also, you know, ruining their life. And, uh, and their parents throwing their life savings away. Uh, so I, I wanted to know how come we have these, you know, the carabinieri, the Italian carabinieri, were always making these drug busts with with uh, 900 pounds of cocaine or 900 pounds of heroin, and but the, the drugs are still coming in. What what is what are they missing that the drugs are coming in by the truckload? And George's reporting helped in 2017, helped me understand that the highest levels of power in Europe had a vested interest in the drugs coming in while telling the citizens that they were doing their very best to, to stop the bad guys. And, and this opened a whole number, this a whole number of light bulbs went off in my head. When George explained how the the drug system working, you know, how the 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 drugs for weapons plays uh, that involved a lot of retired generals and admirals in NATO, including a couple of American generals, um, that that was my big discovery. I mean, that was the, that was what went got me into becoming part of this team. Yeah, for myself, it was uh, similar. It wasn't so much uh, drug issues uh, as far as illegal drugs, but I was always concerned about the legal drug industry and uh, how it uh, controls the media message. And uh, in, in a, it came to a, a head uh, when this COVID struck in 2019, late 2019, uh, early 2020. And uh, he was able to contradict 
or question most of the official narrative and uh, was able to show uh, where the uh, virus really started and possibly how it uh, was spread initially. Some of his hypotheses uh, may or may not have been correct, but uh, eventually he got down to something which is close to the accepted truth right now, that uh, it was released on a mass basis in China, whether it was a quote leak or if it was deliberately, uh, you're not allowed to say officially, but I suspect it was a deliberate or a managed uh, catastrophe. Uh, but we'll never, we'll never ever get a official confirmation of that, just like uh, we never get the official confirmation of the real cause of the World Trade Center collapsing or who really killed Kennedy. And there's all sorts of so-called state secrets that uh, people that are in power can rationalize not telling the truth about. And uh, I don't know what to say. I, I have to admit that there is a, uh, a need to manage the population in one way or another. And I, I can't contradict the, 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 the valid uh, need for the government to uh, misstate the truth from time to time. But uh, they'll, once they misstate it, they'll never correct it. Never. Well, I personally think that the, there may have been, in the very, very early days of the Club of Rome, uh, you know, the, the Eugenist Society, we're talking about the the uh, between the the late 1800s and early 1900s. There may have been some noble cause to to bring humanity together to avoid all the wars. In Europe, there were like 350 wars or in 200 years. So, but but what happened was that at some point they gave a financial incentive to guys like Wild Bill Donovan. They gave a financial incentive to people who were used to killing other people to, to do that, to compromise people, to, to put other guys on the sidelines. And they don't care about any noble scope of unifying humanity or making the world better. They, they don't care about that. So at some point between 1918 and 1937, did the, this this idea of giving a financial incentive to to essentially killers uh, is just ruined their whole plan. So now it's just been it's been 70 years of cover up after cover up after cover up and lie balancing. It goes back like a lot further than that, unfortunately. It goes Probably. back. It it goes back. It, the the idea goes back much further, and uh, I agree that I mean, eventually humanity has to come together, right? Like we're not going to get off the planet and get out into outer space. And I, I, my my thoughts are this: I believe that there are other species out in the universe. We can't be alone. That would be arrogant and ignorant to think that we're the top of the food chain. And I certainly hope we're not. Right. Like I like you when you look around, it's like, gee, I hope not. Right. So it would be pretty arrogant and ignorant of us to think that. So I believe that there's some there's other beings out there, but we are not. We're like in we're in kindergarten. 
in on the universal scale. We're not even we we think we're in high school, dude. We're we're in kindergarten still. We're 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 throwing toys and things at each other yet. We you know we're arguing over whose piece of sand is you know holier and you know God's a real estate agent. It's retarded, and and we kill each other over this stupid stuff. And you know the other whatever other beings are out there are like wow. Don't go too close to Earth. It's a cool reality show, but I wouldn't get too close. The natives are a bit hostile. So, like, we have to graduate before we can, we, we can really, we have to come out of base level thinking before we can really get into this one world thinking where we can come together because everybody wants to conquer each other. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be cool if we could all get along and go out in outer space and explore the universe. That'd be awesome. Like I'm all for it. Like high fives. Let's get on that. Like, let's do that. Let's cure cancer. Let's get rid of homelessness. Like, let's do that kind of stuff. The problem is right now, everyone's like, Hey, let's get power. Okay. The first thing I want to do is take over all of my neighbor's stuff. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what we do. Like, stop it. That's you like, go sit in the corner for five minutes for, and time out. Like you're being bad. Like we, we have to get out of that mental state. So I agree that like, that's where humanity eventually is going to evolve into. And like, you know, go Gene Roddenberry, like hopefully we'll get there. Right. But it, right now we're not there. And unfortunately I, I know it's not even, I think humanity is not there because the people behind the scenes for hundreds of years have manipulated society and humanity to be where it is in this base level of thinking and stupidity and like that black Friday stupidity where people run over each other to get to the, the first TV. You know, the one thing good about COVID is that it put that on pause for a couple of years. I'm going to be interested to see if that kind of retardery gets kicked back into high gear again this year. Now that COVID is officially over, you know, and the government has officially said it's over. I'll be interested to see if that kind of thinking gets kicked into high gear this year and where that goes. But yes, I, I get how, like I, I can understand like where humanity has to go, you know, eventually, but the people that control things for hundreds of years, they have been manipulating humanity on such an epic scale that like in the newsrooms, for instance, for many years, there is at least one psychological operations, high ranking psychological operations, active duty psychological operations officer in every major major newsroom of every now I, I like we'll say like cnn or fox news or msnbc and they they will be in plain clothes they will be somebody that's been there for you know 10 15 years they they will be somebody that everybody knows but they will be actually a high-ranking you know psychological operations officer and their duty is to do exactly what you were just talking about they they will make sure that what people see are video news releases vnrs they call them they're they're basically commercials like you'll see sometimes like where the news outlet puts out almost like a commercial for something like a five minute news piece, but it's basically a commercial for a drug or whatever for a major company. They call them VNRs. They do them all the time. The, the, and that's like a, and you'll, you'll often see that at like the local level, not like CNN doing it, but you'll see like your local Fox affiliate or your local ABC or CBS affiliate doing stuff like that. 
and that's put together that's to push stuff like i stopped watching regular television a long long time ago um Catherine Austin Fitz will tell you if you've ever heard her speak. Oh, yeah. Uh, she'll tell you she hasn't had a TV in like 30 years. As soon as she found out about this years and years and years ago, she like yeeted her television out a window and she she hasn't had one. She refuses. And this goes back to the days of like VCRs when she found out about this. So she she hasn't had a television in her house and she won't have one. She's that like freaked out about it. So, I mean. It, it, it's a real thing. So it's been going on for a long, long time. I mean, it's, it's cool that you, you gentlemen are waking up. Um, it, it goes the rabbit hole. That's, that's you know, to, that's why the, the name of the, the radio show is what it is, but the rabbit hole goes very, 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 very deep. I mean, the people that are doing the things today are connected to the same people that killed JFK you know, 60 years ago. I mean, they killed the sitting president and they got away with it. Yeah, that would, that's what blows me away is that uh, 70, apparently 78% of the American voters know that uh, Lee Oswald didn't act alone or that he may have even have been innocent. But they never asked the question, could the guys who pulled it off be the same ones running the, the, the pharma industry, especially in uh, Northern England, um, you know, they, they, why are they not asking that question? That's what really bugs it's me. It's like me cognitive it. dissonance, dude. So like they, they just, it's the same reason they won't ask the question about nine 11. Like, so you lived in Italy for a long time. Right. Um, did you ever see a movie called zero? It's an Italian I've, I've documentary. Heard about it, but I've not seen it. No. Okay, great documentary. It, it was it was put together by an Italian filmmaker. It's one of my favorite 9/11 documentaries. And I actually aired it for my for my listeners before, and I I like that documentary because it's not like people can, you know, oh, it's some blues or American conspiracy theorist in his mom's basement. No, no, no. This this is somebody from Italy who looked at it from an outsider non-American perspective and they're going, "Wow, that's weird." that doesn't add up. Hey, that's, that's kind of funny. And they, they, it was the same evidence that they, they and, and a lot of it, they, they went and did, they interviewed people that you normally didn't see in some of the other documentaries. So um, it, it's not, it, it, 9-11 was obviously not what our government here in America told us, right? It wasn't what our, our government told us. And uh, everybody that I've spoken to from many other countries have said the same thing. Yeah. When you look at it, it's, I mean, I, I know so many people from Europe that are like, no, no, it's, you know, we, we knew from day one that that something was weird was going on, you know, that didn't look right. You know, there's, it's so many people that have like, how could you let your government get away with that? And it's like, well, we didn't, we, we've been, you know, people here in America, the nine 11 truth movement, it kind of like it fizzled out and they, the people, the powers that shouldn't be, they understand that. That's why they let people go out and do their thing in the streets. Why do you think they let, you know, the summer of love, we call it, where they were, you know, when they were burning things down in the streets, that they let them do that. They they let, because they knew by doing that, everybody would eventually calm down. I mean, they, 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 uh, they didn't care if they burned cities to the ground anyway. They wanted chaos, and there was other things to it. But they let them they let people protest because eventually people are going to like burn themselves out and that's it and yeah. then 
and then nobody cares and then it goes away. Now, where's that same anger? Those issues still exist, but where's that same anger? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Okay, please. Oh, hop in, Judith. Hop in. Yeah, because um, although what you just said is basically true, that people, there's something else going on now, and it's disturbing. And I think that I appreciate your giving me the opportunity to speak again. Um, it's disturbing to me that we think that, in other words, it's hopeless because it'll let us burn ourselves out. I don't think this is going to happen that easily now. And that's why more draconian measures are being taken, like by Trudeau and even by our own country. Do you realize that, was it today that they came out and said, we're going to reduce the penalties for murder, for rape, for armed assault, for uh, uh, sexual assault? We're going to reduce the penalties. Uh, <laughs> And In meanwhile, California, we want to get rid right? of all the guns. And no, no, no. Uh, this is going to be a federal, a federal matter. So it was announced at the White House. Okay, that's what nice thing about Twitter. You're getting unfiltered. Thank God for uh, Elon Musk because you're getting unfiltered material now. When I got my uh, my uh, Twitter account back, I had to start a new one. I, I you know, I'm slowly getting uh, people back on. They don't know I'm there. But the point is, is that we are facing something that is a little different. We are seeing, like we never saw before, FBI raiding somebody like, uh, you may not like President Trump, okay? Uh, I'm not talking about his personality. I, I've i seen a representation that uh, amused me. You have rats in the cellar or you have raccoon infestation and nobody will take care of it. But this guy comes along and he bends over, you see a plumber's behind okay slip it out of the jeans there and he's profane but gosh he got rid of the raccoons okay <laughs> you know and um so popeye um i got finally got downloaded it took a long time because i was living in a different country um some of the people who paid for paypal in 2016 it seems like a long time ago but i want them to know about my new book you know and here i found out yesterday that Donald J. Trump bought two copies of Me and Lee in October 2016. Then in November, right after he became president, he bought another copy. And this is the man, as um, I've explained already, who actually uh, went ahead and surprised the CIA and FBI. The Lots of, of documents were supposed to be uh, ex exposed and unredacted from the JFK Act. Now, anybody who thinks that, oh, the people today who are running the country are, are doing some bad things to us, uh, this group, they're not, they are connected. We see that they kept grooming people to take their places. Some of them are still alive. Kissinger, do we have people still alive from back then who were involved? Roger Stone, they did everything to shut him up. You know, Roger and I are friends, and you may think he's a hideous person. Roger is being picked on for good reason, okay, because he did lots of dirty tricks. What was different about him is he told us about it. Roger can't keep his mouth shut, okay? And <laughs> he's got Nixon tattooed on his back, 
he loves his wife dearly. I've, I've overheard him talking to his wife on the phone and everything. Adores his wife. And uh, the thing about him is that he doesn't want Nixon to be blamed for the Kennedy assassination. So he has come out and told, basically, uh, he's put out two books about that Johnson killed Kennedy. Well, Johnson absolutely had to know what was going on. He had a choice of going to prison or letting them shoot his president and becoming president. Gee, that was a hard choice for him, right? Real, real hard. But remember, my documentary, the documentary I had and, and the other two, The Smoking Guns and The Guilty Men, those three documentaries were smashed by the History Channel. Nigel Turner was called the man who shamed the History Channel. And after that, we don't hear, you know what, Nigel Turner and I were so just like that. I mean, always telling me, you know, everything's going to be good. Watch, Judith, we've done it. Yeah, took the witnesses out of out of the documentary. They, um, what happened to Nigel Turner? Something happened. We have not been able to hear from him again. He's alive. He had to happen to have a wife and child. Nobody can contact him. He has not spoken to any of us. And some of us were like best friends. This man, he interviewed me and recorded me for 28 hours. That's how long it takes to tell the story. Then he came, went, he was gone for three months talking to my witnesses. He comes back and he films me for 18 hours. Out of that 18 hours, they make 46 minutes. And I've had people criticize me and say, why are you adding to your story and embroidering it? You told your story in these 46 minutes. You know, I'm not embroidering. That's all that he was able to squeeze into a one hour segment. And by the way, originally I was going to be just another person on one of the other. They were all only originally only, only going to be two more episodes, episode seven and episode eight. But he had to get another entire episode just for my story. And again, I could not only I could not say everything, just like in the edition of me and Lee, I could not say everything. A good example is is uh, Raphael Cruz. People say, what do you mean that was Raphael? You know, the father of, of uh, Ted Cruz. I'm sorry, it was. I didn't never brought that up. I was contacted by people who knew darn well that I knew. And um, they told uh, the uh, National Enquirer, who gets some of it right, <laughs> you know, the, the point is National Choir does get some of it right, and they, they lace it with enough other stuff so they can't really usually get sued. By the way, my book, with all the mention of the Oxner Clinic, Dr. Oxner, the interference of the CIA, the deliberate uh, plots to kill Kennedy, the actual uh, plots to kill Castro, the development of a biological weapon, and the fact that we now know they weaponized various kinds of materials. I'm sorry, it's true. And the fact that I was able to uh, talk about all these things put me on a, on a kind of a, you know, she's an insane woman list, that kind of thing going on. But it doesn't matter. It's the truth is coming out. The what I uh, sat down here to say is that like Ochsner was a member of the Eugenics Society. Ochsner was trained in Germany just before the Nazis, you know, he was there in the 30s, okay, before just before Hitler. Uh, it went go back and forth. 
he was making trips to the Surgeon Generals in the Army and elsewhere. He was, in 1960, he was the primary person who was urging Americans who were doctors to get into the Cold War and to start working for their governments, our government, you know. Anyway, our whole medical thing is messed up. Nixon did it too. Going back to Roger Stone, he um, definitely has information. I have some in the, my book also. I have a book called Kennedy and Oswald, The Big Picture. There you'll see some other stuff, uh, additional stuff. I wrote it with, uh, his name was uh, Schwartz, Edward Schwartz. Because he was dying of cancer, we rushed the book out without any editing. So you're going to find typos and things. And uh, sure, I'd like to see the book republished. It hasn't been. But people, uh, even so, it's getting like 4.5 stars and so on. By the way, I appreciate it if anybody who reads my book will give a review to Amazon. That is, if you, but if you buy it from Amazon right now, I, I don't know when I'm going to ever be able to mail it to you because so far I can't, they're not giving me the names and addresses. And for people who think that maybe Amazon um, might just be a little bit prejudiced, as I've told others, the, hard copy of me and Lee did not sell for a long time. And finally I looked up what was going on and I found that the hard copy of me and Lee was under salads and garnishes. If you went looking for it, if you didn't know the actual Jeez. name of it, you, you'd have give me to that. Give really me that. love salads and garnishes to find it. <laughs> give me that. I'm going to do one right now for you. Give me the, the name of what is the what's your what's well, your here, uh, PayPal again? I'm gonna put I'm gonna have a oh, thing okay. scroll across the bottom of the, I'm gonna have a ticker. While oh, we're thank talking. you. All right, scroll All across right. the bottom for the book. What's the what's the PayPal? JFK Conference at J Yahoo.com. Hold on, let me. I have to. I type slowly. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, thank you for doing this because right now I owe a whole bunch of money because we had to get it reprinted because it was sabotaged. And I, it's on my heart. I mean, it never should have happened. And and here I can't even um, properly publish it because they'll go to they Amazon. Have JFK conference at yahoo.com. Uh, yes, JFK conference at yahoo.com to see other good books, not just mine, because uh, the others have done a good job. Oh, by the way, I saw somebody say you're never mentioned in any of these other books. There's a whole list of books. I'm the, the most the most recent one is by Jack Roth about killing Kennedy. Okay, uh, they've got a whole chapter there about me, and it's so you'll see lies, and some of them are 20 years old. They'll say like I'm still running a museum in Holland. <laughs> I was doing in 2003. You know, it's so it's, uh, and of course they say I have no witnesses recently. And I've been saying this recently in other interviews. My most recent um, witness came out a couple, just two years ago, and she told two conferences that it's hundreds of people live that when she was a little girl, not that little, I mean, she was 10 years old, going on 10. And she was spent a lot of the summer of 1963 with her great grandma, who was Susie Hanover, my landlady who loved Lee and knew about him and just despised my husband who abandoned me, by the way. She called him Rat. I even have a letter from my husband when he was out and he ends it with Rat because that's how bad he treated me. He even cited his letter himself. It's in the book. 
you know, I kept these things for different reasons. I had to prove that he was not around when we we're doing all this secret stuff. Judith is spelled with a Y, please. Because it, so if you go to Twitter, oh, it's at Judith. It, yeah, I know. I see what it did. <laughs> I, it, Judith, I don't know yeah. why it automatically. No, I. It does. Y. It does. You have to fix it right. Oh, My mother yeah. did that to me. I'm very sorry. I couldn't. No, no, I typed Y <laughs> and it automatically spelled it. It will. So it, it needs to be fixed. I, you can't get I there. I just did it. No, there you go. And then Twitter, too, is very important. At Judith. Hold on. I do put it there, but also you I want me to put your Twitter in there. You want me to put? I your would Twitter appreciate in there so much, Popeye. Yeah, Here's sure. the point. Uh, at Twitter? Judith, that's how Just old Judith, this one right? is. Yeah, they he re must reinstated my old Twitter account that got your original off. one. Yes, that's it. That's why it's at Judith. That's why it's so simple. I had it for 2009. I mean, all the all the followers are missing. I only have 900 now, but. You know, there it'll it'll build, it'll come back. Yeah, they annihilated my you. original Facebook yeah. account. That's in uh, I don't, it's in the memory hole. Well, uh, somehow I got this back. It only was two hundred fifty followers, but it was start. At least some of them were still there. There you go. So I appreciate that so much because right now, if you, the only way you can find my book, like Amazon, they'll take the money. But so far, they're not giving nobody's. They're not telling me where I can send the books. I don't want people to get mad at me. We're going to get down to the bottom and I'm going to get that list. People hang on if you bought from Amazon. Okay. And that's the bottom line there. At any rate, Roger Stone got himself in a lot of trouble. And you may wonder why the FBI went after him and all that because he's friends with Trump. Gosh, I uh, all I can say is this. Well, however you feel about the man, the, one of the real reasons they're after him is because he blamed Johnson. The bad things that happened to me, he wrote two books uh, about, but one especially about that Johnson was responsible. In many ways, he is so correct. Johnson made many layers between him and, and those who, who killed Kennedy. But why do we care about that today? Because these same people, and it was a consortium, it, and by the way, when somebody says the Jews did it or that the, the, the Vatican did it or whatever, all kinds of organizations were working together for a long time to destroy our country. You just look at what happened with the feds taking over our money. Kennedy, God bless him. He tried to change that. You can still find $2 bills and, and uh, occasional, you know, silver certificate from the Kennedy era, but they destroyed as many as they could find. And then what did Johnson do right away? He he turned our silver coinage, as you know, uh, into base metal, basically, just coated it. Took us off the gold standard. I could go on and on, okay? Silver standard, forget it. Now we are so much in debt, again, to this huge consortium, which, by the way, is against the Constitution. That The whole Fed is against all of that, so we're stuck with that. But that was Lee's oh. fault. <laughs> It was Lee's Lee fault. Oswald. He was Lee is the head of the whole conspiracy, <laughs> don't you know, Judith? I mean, he 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 told Johnson to have Kennedy's body removed and secretly <laughs> trucked away, you know, so they could alter his head. Oh yeah, and that's so why the brain, the they wound. Took, they told him to take the brain away because that would yep. prove that he shot Kennedy right <laughs> from the back. Yeah, I mean they 
You know, they they he, Lee was in charge of all of that from his jail cell. I mean, he's just a mastermind. I, I want I want to touch on something really quick while I have you here. Yeah. You mentioned Alton Oxner. And yes. um, I know that. And by in, the way, I've never been sued by anybody. They don't dare. They oh, do well, not. Of course. That I mean, kind of, no, they won't. They don't. Care. <laughs> no, because they they fear discovery in court. That would be. That's right. That's that right. would so be very dangerous. I'll have to get rid of me some other way. And I, I'm ready for whatever happened. I don't care really anymore. I've, you know what? As I said, I was once an atheist. And then the Lord came to me in a dream. That was the end of that. So I'm not. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't care what happens to me. I really don't. I, I, I don't think I they do care about what's going to happen to all of us, my children, your children, because they don't care. I heard, uh, and it's not his fault, a sweet gentleman I appreciate saying that our population needs, uh, needs to be uh, reduced. Actually, um, studying the genius, uh, Elon Musk, and I have for a whole year now, and found out all about him. He sees everything he's doing as way, ways to try and save humanity. For example, the chip that everybody's against. Do you realize DARPA and others are creating these chips, but they're stopping Musk from doing any work? Uh, to, uh, they, they just uh, yesterday, I think, they're stopping Musk from uh, going on to human trials. Those trials with the chip are to for several reasons. One, Musk himself hurt his back badly. And he needs to chip himself seriously because he's in pain like he wouldn't believe. And he never complains about it, hardly ever. Well, he was in court over something where the jury realized he was innocent and that, but he mentioned that he was squirming because he could because of the pain. I know what that feels like myself. I also have uh injury because I was hit by three cars. And I mean, you know, I had to leave the country. I mean. I mean, one time I got a call and, you know, it's 530. Papa, I think I sent, I may have sent you an email about it. I sent several people said, look, they told me uh, this morning at 530 in the morning, they're going to hit me and I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be in an accident again. Yes, and, I remember that email. Yeah, and several people wrote back and said, don't be paranoid. I went to work and, you know, that night I ended up in the hospital again because I got hit again by a black yes. van. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've got witnesses for this harassment and everything. And and at any rate, what I'm saying is you wouldn't believe 75% of the media at uh, things against Musk. They're against him instead of supporting anything he's doing. And they had at the Super Bowl, these car makers went together and showed Tesla hitting cardboard kids and all that kind of thing. Now, who would allow such a thing as, uh, which, I mean, he's, what he's got, I don't know, 50,000 people working for whatever it is. Why ruin this man? Well, because he actually is doing something about the environment. The chip that he's developing, get this. He said, uh, I've got the interview and everything. He says, I'm developing this because other chips are being developed and this will be the only way we can combat it. How about that? Mm. Every, our DARPA's doing it. Everybody's doing it. They're all military. Just the same for the car. He's got a robot. Right now, we have the government owns chips that they put in all the commercial airplanes. You knew that, right? And those chips will turn off the plane so that it cannot, uh, it, it'll force it to land or it will crash it rather than have it be hijacked. That's that's the real reason. TSA doing what they're doing, that's not what's stopping this. It's the chip, the chip that they've got in the planes. All that's being run. 
The chips are also in uh, commercial rented cars and everything to track everywhere you go. And they're also those chips are there to turn it off. So police can turn it off if they have to. Musk has said that his chips make it so that only the owner can turn off the car. Now they may, the United States may force that to change, but I'm saying everything he's doing is to try and, and preserve individual stuff. Why would he want to do that? He had a heck of a time himself trying to develop his ideas. And because he used uh, government contracts like everybody else did, GM, you know, they, there were, we have four others, they went and got huge loans to stay out of bankruptcy. Uh, Musk gets a loan and he's saying, look, look what he's done. He's, he's like a parasite on, uh, no, he has brought people up to the uh, this space station. We are back in. Why does that matter? Do you know how many wonderful inventions we have found because we went into space? And we've learned so much more about medicine. Do you know that there are certain kinds of, uh, like I say, I know how we can cure cancer. I'm never going to get a chance to tell anybody because Big Pharma won't let that come out. I've talked about it for years. And I say, I'm going to say the word bacteriophage. You can't. It's so easy to, to uh, mutate bacteriophage to attack cancer. They're not going to do it because it's so easy. That means it's cheap, just like ivermectin, just like uh, hydrochloroquine. It's the same stuff, it, it, uh, quinine. This works, but boy, we're going to use remdesivir because that's what Fauci developed, and he has tons of it sitting around, and he cannot do anything with that stuff because it was killing everybody. They tried to use it one with AIDS and stuff. It was killing dozens of people because their kidneys shut down. So everybody got it in the hospital who came in with COVID. How convenient. They made tons yeah, of money. The nurses the man belongs rem- in prison. Yeah, the nurses would call remdesivir run death is near. Actually, that's that yes, that's what they called it. They called it run death is near. We have how can we have people who are senators and congressmen and so on, and you look and they're buying stock with like Pfizer, and then they're supposed to vote to to condemn Pfizer? Are you kidding? Yeah, they should not be allowed to buy any they no. Nobody who's running for in, who's in Congress or Senate should be allowed to buy stocks, period. It should be illegal. It you should, should well, have to divest yourself. You should have to literally, in order to hold public office, you should, before you can step into that public office, you should have to divest yourself of any stocks in any public companies oh, at all because absolutely. you're going to have, you're by definition going to have a conflict of interest as soon as you cross into that that office. Well, we have it. How do you do you think Nancy Pelosi made all those bits? Do you realize how much money that woman has on her what six hundred thousand dollars a year yep. or whatever yep. it is? Uh yep. let's not even go to what Paul has been doing, okay, with his boyfriend. it's it's reversed. Our founding fathers went into public office rich and many of them left poor, and now they go in. Yeah, somewhat rich, and they come out even richer, ten or a hundred times richer. Trump actually lost money. Did well, you know that? Right. Well, right. Yeah. It, but he see, he wasn't he wasn't really in it to be like a career politician. No, These people no. go in there to be career politicians. They, I don't honestly think Trump thought he was going to win. 
I thought he. I, I think he thought he was going to lose. I think he thought Hillary was going to actually win. I think he was actually surprised. Well, he won I, I, I kind of disagree. He had more faith. I think. Uh, remember when these people decide to run, they're surrounded by people who adore them, and they they get this big idea in their head that they're more important than they are. I've seen it over and over again. I've had a few of them. This is confidential. People who know that I know the background. A lot of this actually a consultant. Me should I run for president? I'm not going to name who they are. But they're people that you would know. And uh, I've discouraged them and said, you know, if you're really going to be honest, they'll impeach you. And of course, that's what happened to Trump. Not that Trump is such a perfect, wonderful person. All right. But he's not the evil monster either. No, well, so, they they, they yeah. vilified him. They went after him for the dumbest crap, and they just vilified him over anything that they could possibly. And it was it was really silly and retarded. They just went all after right. him. Well, you know, anything. I'm running out of uh, steam here. All I say is I hope I can come back. I would like to talk to everybody about it's why the Kennedy assassination is still important because we can actually trace the play the playbook they're using the same one. Why? Because it worked. And the people who were in charge then have handed on everything. All of you, you do, all of you out there, you do know that Lyndon Johnson is the one who attacked, the, had the uh, USS Liberty attacked. Yes. I mean, and he's the one that lied about the Gulf of Tonkin. And he's the one, while Kennedy's body was still warm, called his broker and said, get rid of that excuse my language, that damned Halliburton stock that Lady Bird owns. So they had a friend take care of that. So Halliburton made all those helicopters and made billions and billions. And so did, of course, Brown and Root. And then we go to Brown and Root and we go to uh, Halliburton and Kellogg. It's all then Raytheon. It's all from the beginning they just changed the names and they well, and it's funny the same same company made a lot of money during the invasion of the Iraq war well it is it's all the same uh, under under the then vice president dick cheney it's funny how the vice presidents seem to get their fingers into things judith at yes. the time um all right so the people know now you people out there you know protect Download these interviews, send them around, because guess what? Even though our the other thing we have to do at the bottom, in your own local community, reject voting machines. Forget it. Insist upon the paper ballot. We have to do that because my, my former husband, I mean, he died. Uh, uh, I was divorced from him by then. By the way, he died of something that makes a lot of money for a lot of people. And that's prostate cancer it turned into bone cancer. He did not believe me. You get the thing out. Then let them play with it. Anytime you see cancer, you, somebody has cancer out there, please, to save your life, listen to me what I'm saying right now, because I don't want to forget and get off the subject because it's affecting us now. That is, if you're diagnosed with cancer and they want to put chemo in you, you tell them to take out the tumors. Don't just see if they're going to shrink because they're never going to go completely away with chemo. That, no, they won't. There are other things, the factors that will help like radiation and all that. The point is take the stupid tumors out. Then go and test them with chemo, different kinds. Because they'll say, oh, this doesn't work. Let's try another kind. What, use you as a guinea pig? Have them do them in test tubes, okay? 
and see which one works the best, then use that one. Or just don't do it at all. Use other methods. We have so much out there. Again, bacteriophage really can do this. We could have cured cancer in the late 70s had we gone the bacteriophage route, uh, look into it, but doesn't make enough money. That's why we have to get, we have to break up big pharma into small units again. So there's no monopoly and get rid of this thing. It says we can't sue anybody who gives us bad medicine. It kills us, kills our kids, makes them autistic and so on. Please, please get yourself a doctor who will allow you to have a different kind of treatment if you've got cancer. Cancer is the number one killer. They try to say it's heart disease. It is not. Most of the statistics are so close between heart disease and cancer, but it shows that cancer is number two only because chemo messes up your heart and you would have a heart attack. So they call that death by heart attack. Instead, they're actually treating cancer. There are other things. I looked at the genome early on now, I got trapped in this country early in 2020. Just before I left, I was able to access a genome, which was published completely over in Europe, only partially available to virologists in our country. They don't want them to look at the whole thing. Now I understand why Fauci's and uh, a company are making lots and lots of money. Mr. Gates belongs in prison as well. And we can go on and on with that. But at that time, early in 2020, I looked at that genome. I say, I've got very good memory, so I can, I can remember sequences. I was telling, in fact, these gentlemen here, I talked to them about how these messenger RNA sequences work. We must ban messenger RNA and CRISPR. There are other ways to go. Besides, we don't have to go this route. This route makes lots of money, but you can inject anything you want into these hypodermic needles. Don't you know that we wanted to kill Castro with the polio? Everybody's supposed to get their polio vaccine in 63. He still had to get his. And we were going to make sure that thing was laced, you see, with a, a cancer that would kill him. And you'd never know it was in there. Or and given penicillin shots that would be filled with, again, cancer cancer cells that would kill him. That's That was the plan. And by the way, there are many other plans and lots of them failed for different reasons. In my book, you'll see why this one failed. But the bottom line is, is that messenger RNA is deadly. Now it looks okay, it said, oh, look, this works. We can do this. No, you go and get a mutation in it and you don't know where it's gonna go. I looked, I could see that genome, okay, for this respiratory virus, this COVID virus, and all of a sudden, I look, bam, what in the heck? You could see an HIV insertion. And it, where that would go after it's multiplied, God only knows. Nobody had done any kind. All they did is kill mice with it. Oh, after it kills mice, let's go and give it to everybody. That's what they did. So I'm looking at the genome, and I sent out 200 handbooks. And I told everybody there, look, look at ivermectin. If you get any of these symptoms or anything like that, do not take any of these shots. I said, if you do, you may get what's called furry tongue. I said, You're, you may have, I, I use it as a joke. I said, inside, you will not believe the spike proteins that's going to proliferate all over your body. I see, I said, I see methionine to start it. I don't see any stops. There are three natural stops that are used uh, whenever you have messenger RNA to stop something from proliferating. I couldn't see any of them. 
okay? Not with that insertion of it. In other words, this thing has to die out on its own in your body. We don't know how long it lasts. It may never stop, not completely, because you can get another similar respiratory virus and it's going to start growing again, or you get another COVID uh, shot, you know? So in other words, we do not know what's going to happen to our kids, our grandchildren, uh, anything. Don't allow another mRNA shot into anybody. And yet Big Pharma wants to turn all of the vaccines they have that we had for whooping cough or we had diphtheria, typhoid, okay, that we had uh, none of that. They want to turn all that into messenger RNA. Why? Once you have that messenger RNA doing this one thing, you can have it do anything. And who will ever know? And they want to reduce the population. We I've already checked, and Musk is right. We're having a decrease in fertility that is astonishing. We have most people who are intelligent deciding not to have children. And when they do, they're having them with old eggs and they're getting more and more deformed kids or they're infertile by the time they decide they're going to have kids. Japan has lost, again, more of its population than it can replace. It's just plummeting. All of your advanced countries are doing the same. And what has Gates done in Africa? It looks like he has promoted enough of the shots in polio and other things that also included something that stopped fertility. So I'm not worried about the population explosion. I'm worried about the population being deliberately decimated so that you only have a small batch of people controlled so completely by robots and the whole bit that's coming ahead with AI. We need the chip, we need the feds to leave the neurochip that Musk is trying to develop apart from the government to be able to proceed. And they've, they've quashed it yesterday. It's, it has to be, re, they've got to let it, he's got to be able to do that. They're, uh, they're trying to say he didn't handle animals right and blah, blah. The things they do to animals over at Pfizer and other places, are you kidding? Nobody's looking at that. Look at Fauci did with beagles. He tortured them, some of them to death. That people have noticed, don't they see what else he's done? Read the book, The Real Anthony Fauci by RFK Jr. It's an eye opener. Okay, I hope I've said enough and that maybe someday you'll have me back because I've got a lot more to say. Well, first of all, you are welcome back whenever. So if you want to come back sooner, uh, you can come back whenever you want. I'll have you on in the next couple of weeks if you'd like. Uh, and we can talk about, uh, we can dive more into the book and get more into Lee and stuff if you want. And we can dig more into this. I'm going to look for those uh, raw files from when oh, um, Hi McHenry and I were wandering through uh, Tulane's old property from 10 years ago. I'm going to find those because it was, I have like two hours of video. So I'm going to find all that stuff. That is fantastic. Uh, we have a lot of stuff here. So much stuff that uh, we have new witnesses, as said, uh, which I don't think I finished about Claudia, the little girl, that she, she remembers Lee helping us do the laundry. <laughs> he was always helping. You know, he, he washed his baby's diapers and ironed them <laughs> and everything. I mean, he loved his children. He loved his babies. And uh, the bottom line is, is she remembers how he tried to help remove the little yard that was there on the property there at 1032 Marengo. By it the was way, incredible that it, seeing your old place yep. like and seeing like your route. You, it, 
ladies and gentlemen, Judith describes in her book, Me and Lee, she describes like her route that she that she took and like she describes like how she would go see Lee and she describes Lee's apartment. She describes like her where she lived. And when you when you I got I actually walked the route, I actually went and saw these places. And when you see these places in real life, there's no way like I saw them. I was there. I stood where David Ferry actually worked on mice and gave mice cancer while they were trying to weaponize cancer to kill Castro 60 years ago. Okay. There's no way Judith made this up. I mean, there's no way she like, she, unless she stalked these people's houses, <laughs> there's absolutely no way she made this up. I, I we went we went to these houses and we were like, "Do you mind? You know, can we check out some of these?" And the people were very accommodating, and we some of the people let us in. And the places had not changed. I mean, aside from a fresh paint job, a lot of the places were the way you describe yeah. them. 50 years you know at the time it was 50 years their interiors and everything i I mean i can draw the layouts you know dave it was incredible heart you know and everything it it was incredible and it was like holy cow like you could you could in your mind's eye like having read your book having read ed haslam's book i could see like where everything was and it was it was crazy and then you could see like how you you came down the stairs you could see all of that and it was you didn't make it up i mean like i said unless you were literally stalking people's houses and drawing there was no cell phones back then so unless she was drawing diagrams like hiding in the bushes of people's houses <laughs> you know she was there she was experiencing this this was a real memory that judith was having so it was just more at the time as an investigative researcher, it was just more, I already believed you, but it was just having seen it and experienced it myself. It was like, yes, it was more confirmation. Uh, And it was just an experience going through that and actually seeing where you had lived. And well, you know, we found something recently um, because in my book, I talk about how Lee and I went around the corner uh, uh, when we did not go inside Clay Shaw's place and the others did, including Jack Ruby and who threw the keys to us to uh, Carlos Marcelo's car, which this was his sedan that was just a brown and green old Chevy. That's what he used with the IRS to prove that he was just a poor tomato salesman, you know, godfather. By the way, I, Lee and I saw his limousine, and once a uh, limousine picked us up and took us home, after we were picked up in that limousine that was at the 500 Club, we were able to get free food at the 500 Club and all along there in the French Quarter. They were so many people were terrified of Marcelo, and they saw Marcelo has picked up in his own limousine. That changed everything. It's amazing how much power this man had, and everything. And anyway, it's uh, all the time we have new witnesses coming forth said, "Yeah, I remember that." And I, uh, it's uh, anyway, Claudia remembered, as I said, this little girl, Lee helping and everything. And so she told two conferences in a row, hundreds of people, uh, that she remembered Lee and everything about him, how nice he was. And she said, I saw him there so much, I thought he lived there at my apartment. And they're trying to say, I have no, so you'll see all the stuff, I have no witnesses. And then these people proudly say, I refuse to read that woman's book. And there's a book out there called, in her own words, please people, it has 99 falsehoods about me and it written by Walt Brown, a former FBI agent. So if you want to go and believe former FBI agents or CIA assets, 
and uh, that uh, say, you know, uh, I dye my hair, so I'm a bad woman and stuff like that. Go ahead. But this is serious. I know stuff and I know how it was connected and it, how it's connected today and how the how easy it is to make biological weapons. We've got one again. We've got to stop Fauci. We've got to stop Bill Gates. We've got to stop MRA, messenger RNA and CRISPR. If we don't, I don't know what's going to happen to us. I, there's very little out there on our side. Uh, if we continue as people wake up, they can refuse to cooperate. They can't arrest everybody. They can't round up everybody. Don't necessarily join crowds. Do your thing in your own community. Get your community cleaned up. No voting machines. Just refuse on the county level. You can do that. The other thing you can do is you're going to have corrupt sher sheriffs. They've been in there a long time. Police. You've got to do something about new blood. Do what you can for your schools. How dare the, uh, the as you know, the FBI actually designated that people with that had uh, were going to their uh, PTA meetings were going to be considered terrorists. Terrorists, parents, if they complained about something. We, we just, our, the government is supposed to be our servant. We're not supposed to be the slaves of the government. I love you all. God bless you. I need now, it's midnight, and I appreciate every minute you've allowed me and my friends to speak. God bless you. Bye-bye. Judith, thank you so much for giving me extra time, and I'm glad I got a chance to hang out with you tonight. I will have you on. Uh, let's get back together soon. How about uh, next uh, next uh, three or four weeks? I'll have you on again. Uh, we'll figure out in your schedule. I'll I'll chat with you in, uh, in messages there, and uh, we'll okay, get back great. together. Okay, great. And bon voyage. I want to see this ship of yours, Popeye. You know. I can see, I think of Popeye the Sailor Man. Okay, sail on, man, sail on. Thank you, Judith. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate y'all. Y'all, uh, you know, have a safe trip when you leave and uh, enjoy Judith's company. She is a trip and she is an absolute gem. Judith, as always, thank you so much. And I love you so much, Jay. Thank you very much. Mwah. You be well. Thank you. And I thank God. Right Bye. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there she goes. Judith Very Baker. She is awesome. And uh, I look, I don't care what anybody thinks. Uh, she, has, she is a close personal friend of mine. Uh, I do believe her. And, uh, you know, her story is real. I've researched her for, like I said, like 15 years. And there is absolutely just no way uh, that she, uh, um, you know, there is no way she is. Uh, you know, fake. There is no way she is not real. I've spent too many hours researching her. Jim Marr spent too many hours researching her, her story. Uh, and there's, I mean, she gets trolled so hard. The, the things that I've seen and witnessed, I, I, like I said, I, I, I went into her story very skeptical in the beginning when I started researching her and I spoke to Jim Mars about this repeatedly. And I was like, hey, man, what's the deal? Uh, you know, and we went back and forth. Uh, and he was like, no, you know, I, I researched her, too. I wasn't sure. Uh, and he was, you know, he was skeptical like I was. And he was like, you know, from my research, I think she's the real deal. 
And then like he witnessed the same thing I did, the harassment, the the things that she went through. It was incredible. The things that, you know, she put up with and like I, legit. Now I, you heard me talking about in the beginning of the show with Bill, uh, for those of you that are still, you know, here from the beginning when, when the Purdue, when my producer Bill from KGRA was on in the beginning, uh, and we were, we were getting Judith hooked up and onto the broadcast. Uh, and I was telling him how it was really hard to get her on back in the day of uh, Skype and on uh, the old days of, you know, like, I mean, it was legit. Like I had to load money onto my Skype account, call her from a, you know, so I had an international, like I had to load a, I had to buy Skype a plan where I could call international numbers for free. And then I had to call her in Sweden at, you know, certain time. And usually it was like two o'clock in the morning here. And like, I don't know, whatever time it was there early in the morning, and uh, then, you know, we'd record the call and it would drop four or five times and, you know, I'd have to call her back or she'd call me back maybe so it would be a stronger call. And it was constant harassment. You know, I remember when she got hit by it was a black van. It was crazy stuff. It was very, very real. And having experienced it with her over the years, uh, uh, you know, you you build like a, a kinship, a friendship with with these people. And then I got a chance to actually meet her and hang out with her in real life uh, and, you know, sit and meet her and get to see her and know her as a person. And Judith is just a very, very real individual. And she really is that, that bubbly, like sweet person that you just saw. She really is that individual. Uh, and it's hard not to, you know, love her as a person. So she is an awesome human being. And, uh, her story is very interesting. And, uh, when you start to research more into the Kennedy assassination and you look deep into it, you realize, yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald didn't do it. I mean, some people will say, well, I don't think he acted alone. No, I don't think he did it. I honestly don't think he did it. And I say, yeah, I stood at his grave 10 years ago. I have pictures of it. I have pictures of his grave. Judith was there. She heard me make this. That's why she, she said, yeah, I remember I made a pledge to Lee that I would continue to do whatever I could to make sure people knew as long as I had a voice and I did radio or I talked about the Kennedy assassination that no, I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald didn't work alone. No, I don't think Lee Harvey Oswald did it. I would do what I could to make sure, even if it was just in polite conversation with other people, if, if it came up or whatever I could do to make sure that I cleared his name, however I could, that's the least I could do for him. she was right there there was a bunch of us standing there and as far as i know everybody that was standing there that you know said the same thing to him they've everybody's kept that promise to him as far as they could for as long as they could you know here or there so he didn't do it the science doesn't the science proves that he didn't do it the evidence proves he didn't do it you gotta do the research with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long three hours. I appreciate y'all hanging out. And uh, I'm glad everybody hung out for an extra hour. I appreciate uh, my producer, Bill, giving me the extra hour and letting me uh, hijack KGRA's video streams. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to have for you next week. I'll have something interesting for you. And uh, we'll go from there. It's good to be back working the kinks out with my new metal neck. I really do have a metal neck. 
But I know Bill wanted to show you all the x-ray. I didn't want him to show you guys the x-ray of my metal neck. That's probably too extreme for everybody, but uh, people get freaked out by it. But yeah, I have titanium neck. I'm uh, like Wolverine now. I asked for the adamantium neck, but it was probably, it was a little too expensive. So I went with the titanium one instead. It's lightweight, so it's aerodynamic. That's cool. Uh, working the kinks out, but uh, feel better. So appreciate everybody hanging out for the past three hours. And uh, Judith's an interesting uh, lady. And uh, next time we come on, I'm going to have her get a little bit more into her relationship with lead. I want to get a little bit more into her time when she was doing weaponized cancer, but we were kind of all over the place. I'm going to edit that interview up. I have with her about uh, David Ferry too, because that was a, a hot, 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 interview that apparently youtube didn't like back in the day i remember they memory hold it so uh it, it's important because it talks all about david ferry and who he was and his time as a mafia pilot and it's you know it, she has a book that is called titled david ferry mafia pilot was which i suggest you get you could probably get it there by emailing her over at the jfk conference at yahoo.com email and then uh just ask her about it and she can probably get you a copy of the book from there get it from her just buy it directly from her it, that way the money goes directly to judith and it helps support her that's always what i've told people to do that's the best way to do it so it's right at the bottom of the ticker there paypal or email jfkconference at yahoo.com and then follow her over at twitter just follow her at judith it's real simple at judith and that that's like that goes back to the original days of twitter back way back in the day all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for following me. Thank you for listening to me. Uh, you know, I, before I go, I should actually give myself a shameless plug and self-promotion. You can follow me on Rumble, my Rumble channel, Rabbit Hole Radio, over on Rumble. Give me some love over there, Rabbit Hole Radio. We're live streaming right there right now. Also, follow me on Twitter, RHR Popeye, R. HR rabbit hole radio Popeye. So at RHR Popeye and over on rumble at rabbit hole radio. Show me some love over in both spots. Give me a follow and uh, share the Twitter around again, RHR at RHR Popeye. And uh, again, over at rumble rabbit hole radio. I love you all. And I want to close out the show because we've been kind of all over the place. And sometimes some of the things we were talking about was dark and, you know, Judith did throw some positivity in there. And, you know, I always like to throw some positivity in at the end of the broadcast. And I have a favorite quote from Martin Luther King Jr. that I like to use. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. It's the basis of why I do this broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. I love you all. I'll catch you all again live next week. Until then, I want you all to go out and be the change that this world needs. Go be the heroes that I know you all are. I love you all, and I'll catch you all again next week. I'm out.